Hey guys, you're listening to Millennials at the Movies. I am Amy. And I'm Novi. And don't worry, we are not going to leave you hanging because we're wrapping up the It series with It Chapter 2. According to Google Movies, defeated by the members of the Losers Club, the evil clan Pennywise returns 27 years later to terrorize the town of Derry, Maine once again. Now adults, the childhood friends have long since gone their separate ways. But when people start disappearing, Mike Hanlon calls the others home for one final stand. Damaged by scars from the past, the United Losers must conquer their deepest fears to destroy the shape-shifting Pennywise, now more powerful than ever. It's streaming on HBO Max. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a 63 and the audience a 78. Whoa. I don't even remember what the previous ones had uh, ratings-wise, but I was expecting higher, actually. I don't know why I was expecting higher. Those aren't (laughs) bad ratings. No, but I feel, like, I, I think I always feel this way. Whenever it's a movie with, like, a big following, like, I feel like these movies had... Um, I always expect the ratings to be much higher, at least maybe not by the critics, but by the audience at the very least. True. Uh, I will say one thing I do remember from the previous movies to now, the casting is really good. Like I could actually buy that the kids from the first movie grew up to look like these people, especially Andy Bean as Stan. Yeah. Whereas in the miniseries, they were just like, oh, you'll do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah we'll just make sure to say your name so that people know who you are because there would be no guessing <laughs> yeah I agree they did a really good job a lot of them actually I think because and this is I'm not going to talk about details of it because it's way later in the movie but there's a scene where I don't know the actors names but the older Eddie is standing there and the little Eddie it's like his memory comes in and they like replace the faces and they kind of like blend them in and then you see the little one, or maybe it's vice versa, I can't actually remember now, but point is, I was like, holy crap, you guys look a lot alike. It looks like you could actually be father and son or something. It was really weird how similar their facial, facial features were. It was. But we don't open up with Eddie. We open up with Adrian and John. Mm-hmm. Two gay guys who, in spite of living in the town of, like, scar-faced, violent nutjobs, feel comfortable <laughs> kissing in public for some reason. And I'm not yeah. saying they shouldn't feel comfortable doing that. I'm just saying, you know what this town's like. Like, yeah. why are you there? Why are you not being more cautious? Not so well, it, common, but... No, I, I agree. I think it's like, it, it just feels like the wrong decision to make to in at such a packed place surrounded mm-hmm. by so many people to be so openly uh, and it's shitty they shouldn't have to not do that but like come on guys <laughs> um as you would expect because it is dairy and dairy is a hellhole they're mm-hmm. immediately gay bashed even though from what we see they are the nicest guys ever yeah um it was a really hard scene to watch but it definitely set up very early on that the townspeople were just as dangerous as pennywise and i think that was a really good thing for them to set up yeah i agree um it I made a note <clears throat> that the gay bashing scene was the hardest thing to watch in the movie. And I stand by that. It was really, really hard to watch. And it was really well done because otherwise I wouldn't be sitting there like wanting to cover my eyes and fast forward through it, you know? Um, 
but I was very wrong and we'll get to why I was wrong because for me there was a scene that's even harder to watch later on but we'll we'll talk about it well (laughs) after a group of five adults and a child beat the living crap out of a gay guy who after they beat the crap out of them still insults one of the (sighs) assailant's hair which do you not care (laughs) at all no they throw that guy over the side of a bridge, and when his boyfriend goes looking for him, he finds him in the arms of Pennywise, who for some reason has suddenly decided he is going to eat adults, and he starts with the guy's armpit. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> well, maybe the armpit smells especially delicious? Maybe it smells especially of children. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, that's terrifying in a whole new way (laughs) but yeah it I I didn't get why he was it was eating an adult I was like "Mm, this doesn't make any sense but I feel like a lot of things don't make sense in this movie (laughs) we actually do find out why because Mike hears about the disturbance on the radio and goes to check it out and we find out that Adrian wasn't food so much as a human crayon. Mm, yeah. Uh, Pennywise used his corpse to write come home in blood all over the walls. Which yep. is not only the least subtle thing I've ever seen, but <laughs> a waste of food. I just don't understand what the motherfucker wants them back for. I I agree. I was kind of sitting there trying to figure out Pennywise in this movie. Like, what's your end game, though? (laughs) Like, you eat children. They are not children anymore. Why do you want them back? What What do you gain out of this? It and I don't think I ever answered that question. They never answered it for us. Um, Mm -hmm. I tried to answer it myself, but. It never really came to in the movie, and we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike knows that it's Pennywise, so he starts calling all of the other losers, starting with Bill, who can't write book endings. <laughs> Poor Bill, for fuck's sake. Everyone is attacking him for okay. his book ending. <laughs> That's actually a self-referential joke. Stephen King, people say that his books are great, but his endings suck. And he decided oh. that he wanted that in the movie, like, as a little... Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. And later on, even when he himself is in the movie doing his own cameo, he yes. tells Bill, your book's ending suck. I don't want your autograph. <laughs> I thought that was great, and I didn't even know that it was, like, a self-reference of, like, people hate my book endings. That's great. Yep. Um, um, I really disliked that... Okay. So we we get to meet Bill's wifey, and she is an actress in the film adaptation of his movie, for I mean for, of his book for which they want a new ending, right? He's already he like it's already a book, it already has an ending, and they want him to rewrite it for the movie, and he can't. Um, mm-hmm. and they're pissed at him. Well, I like I understand why the director would be pissed at him because they agreed to this movie and they agreed that he would write a new ending and you're running the fuck out of time. Go finish the fucking movie. And I get that. However, I didn't like that she, the wife was like such a bitch to him about it and I think he says something about how like why can't you just be the woman on the page or no, the woman that I want you to be? 
and she takes it so personally. It's okay. like you are our huh? That was so shitty though. Was it? Because I think she was being a little touchy about it because they weren't talking about her. When like, they were talking about the character, I thought anyway. It didn't sound like they were talking about the character at all to me. It sounded like he was saying, why can't you be the kind of wife I want you to be? Mm. And I will say later on what we see about Bill, and I will specify it when we get to that part of the movie, because um, we're not there yet. But later on, I agree. In this moment, I was just like, okay, he's really upset that you're like bitching at him about changing the ending of the movie and telling him you hate it. Like nobody is just going to be like, oh, okay, sweetie, thanks for telling me your honest truth. Like, I feel great about this, you know? It's a hard thing for him, and she's, like, all on his nuts about it, and I disliked that, but I also thought she was being extra sensitive, but maybe that was just me, because I literally thought that they were just saying, why can't you just be this character that I want you to be? Why do we have to change things? Why can't you just fucking take it the way it is? And I didn't see it that way at all, but I, by the end of the movie, Bill isn't wearing a ring anymore. And I think that's the best decision for both of them. Let's put it that yeah. way. They should not be together at no. all. Yeah. And we don't even see much of them, but I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, ooh, Mike calls and then they cut to Eddie, who Mike also calls. Uh, Eddie's wife Myra is played by the same actress as his mom and I thought that was oh my god I didn't even notice that oh that's disgusting it's incredible (laughs) it's It's so so much better because in 1990 they're like I'm a virgin I've never slept with anyone (laughs) okay I don't buy that I buy that he would be such a mama's boy that he would marry his mom yeah uh well it's also really, really awful that she's giving him the same shit that mommy was giving him all his life. Like, this poor boy never grew out of it. He got stuck with it literally for the rest of his life. He probably seeked it out. His mom probably approved of her. Yep. Well, and then, she, so when she, he's talking to her and Mike calls, he gets distracted by the area code once he realizes the call is coming from Derry. And he literally says, bye, mommy. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, gross. So Because he's married to his mom. <laughs> yeah, so gross. Um, he crashes his car because he's Ooh, so yeah. disturbed. And they don't even remember. He just has such a bad feeling and is so distracted that he crashes his car. Mm-hmm. And then they cut to Richie, <laughs> who is vomiting and basically has a panic attack. Uh, I did not need to see the vomiting, especially from that angle, but okay. I kind of <laughs> love that Richie is like an anxious vomiter in this movie. It's not a yeah. character before, but it kind of brings something to it in this movie. It does. None of the times that I need to actually see it, but I agree. Like it, it. I think it really helped us get to know the kind of person Richie has grown up to be, basically, mm-hmm. because... Richie was a little shit as a kid and he was so like I have no feelings what feelings there are no feelings inside of me there's no heart here and then through this entire movie he's like vomiting all over the place because he's so terrified and other things are happening also and it was nice to see from the very beginning who this person is now it was 
Um, he forgets his comedy special, and then we cut to Ben, who is an architect now, and for some reason, even though they're supposed to have forgotten all of the past from Derry, is still totally hung up on the idea of this teenage girl he used to have a crush on. <laughs> yeah, really weird. Ben never stops simping, does he? Well, I do have to say a couple of things about Ben. Um, first of all, he's sitting there on like what I'm going to call today a Zoom call <laughs> for work. And he has like he's all dressed up nice and proper on the top. And then he's got like these pants rolled up on the bottom and he's sitting there barefooted. I believe he was barefooted. And I love that because I feel like that's what every single person who works from home is doing now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but also, Ben is a beautiful man, and if he wants to be hung up over uh, this woman, girl, whatever, I don't care, let him be, because he's beautiful, let him be beautiful, let him do whatever he wants with his beautiful face and body. Oh, he's gorgeous. So gorgeous, <laughs> holy crap. <laughs> he's so gorgeous that it's actually a point in the movie that they make to say, wow, God, Ben's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a point multiple times because there's that, but there's also scenes that show off his body a lot. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. Finally, it's the guy's body. Thank you. <laughs> uh, objectification. <laughs> um, hey, if you're going to objectify someone, make it a guy for once at least. <laughs> no, okay, don't objectify people. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> they cut to Stan via transition from Ben's staircase to Stan's puzzle that is just awful, really. Oh no, it's beautiful. I want it. I hated it. No, the transition. Oh, the transition. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The transition I didn't care for, but the puzzle itself is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Especially with the format of the movie being what it was and how long the movie was, I'm glad they didn't do a whole ton of flashbacks at this part. But unfortunately, it kind of made Stan's bath feel very abrupt. It did. You're right. They didn't set it up at all, pretty much. The best they did to set it up was, like, the weird romantic slow-mo flashback (laughs) of Bill. And I get what they were going for. Like, he cut his wrist vertically along with the path of the scar. But, like, that 30 seconds of flashback while he's just staring at Bill's face with the romantic piano is (laughs) Either they're trying to imply something or it's a big misstep. Can't it be both? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like. I didn't get why that's the route they went. I was like, okay, what? So what's going to happen next? Is he gonna like? Is his memory of Bill going to morph into something? What's going to happen? Like, he's not in dairy. That can't happen. So what the fuck's going to happen here? And then nothing happened, and then he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> He also had a very peaceful look on his face, by the way, when he was dead. Oh, yeah. He was just very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, Bev is not comfortable. She gets the call and immediately starts packing. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, her husband is super abusive. Um, yeah. I kind of like that in this one versus 1990, her husband was way less of like a caricature of abuse. Like, Mm -hmm. it started off with that very gentle understanding thing, and then it just ramped up in a really believable way. It really did. That actor did a great job with that role. He did. I don't know any of these people's names, but he really did, because I hated him hard. (laughs) Yeah. That said, though, we both said in the 1990 version that we didn't want to see them show the actual abuse, and of course this movie did. Yeah. Why not, right? 
but she gets in a fist fight with him and he punches her in the face and takes Mm -hmm. off his shirt like he's about to force himself on her and she barely gets out as she's running down the stairs there is a portrait of them behind her and even the portrait is very like low-key abusive yep where she's sitting in a chair and his hand is on her shoulder very i own you controlling yes yeah 100%. Yeah. And there's things at this point already that I appreciated about Bev and things that I didn't like, it makes sense, you know, and we've talked about this before, but it makes sense that she ended up in an abusive relationship because that's, that was her life. And Mm -hmm. that happens to people. What I didn't like is this similarly to when Ben is like looking at the thing with Bev's name on it and stuff, and like still daydreaming about this girl from his past she when she gets the call from mike is like oh i barely remember i barely remember and then mike says bill's name and she just sits there and goes bill and i'm like no what the fuck is that (laughs) like it it was all so weird Mm -hmm. it felt more like the name triggered a memory in her than i always remembered bill just like she got the call and then the memories kind of started clouding in and then he said bill and it was like oh yeah bill Mm. I think the way she said it like the whispery way she said it made me think that it was like oh yeah I was in love with that boy once I don't think it was that she was thinking of him this whole time like Ben was and you know what she's hot too let her (laughs) let her pine too that's fine (laughs) everyone's hot in this damn movie what can I do (laughs) um we cut immediately back to the past for Henry with no warning whatsoever Uh uh-huh I loved Henry so much in this, mm-hmm. both as the young actor and the old Henry. Mm-hmm. He gets blown out of the standpipe, and mm-hmm. there's just corpses everywhere, and he's screaming. But he goes home, and immediately the cops try to arrest him for killing his father, and his only argument is, I'm not done, I have to kill them all. <laughs> yep. And he only relaxes when he sees a red balloon floating and he knows that it's not over. Yeah, I had a lot of things to say about that scene. It was a very short scene and yet I had so much to say about it because, okay, so if I'm remembering the previous movie correctly, I know that he is the one that killed his father. However, I didn't understand how the police knew that. And he walks up looking a fucking mess, right? Like, he is bruised, he is bleeding, and he looks like that, which is just insane. Um, And these cops immediately hold their guns up at him and tell him he's under arrest. And they, like, I don't know if he was a sheriff or what he is, but one of the cops, like, punches Henry in the face at one point. I'm like, that's not how you're supposed to fucking react to literally anyone, but especially a child. Like... Even if you do think he killed his father, you don't punch him in the face. You're already holding him down. What do you think he's going to do? Like, he's got, they've got his arms behind his back. They're cuffing him. And even if he's fighting it, he's way smaller than you guys. So Here's a few things you might not remember. Um, okay. Butch Bowers was a sheriff, so he's very important to these people. Yeah, and you know and what? I- that makes them assholes to begin with because I don't give a shit. Go ahead. <laughs> 
And this is also a very corrupt town full of Mm -hmm. very corrupt people who aren't Mm -hmm. like, oh, but this isn't how you police. And it's very much like them to easily sweep something under the rug and say, oh, yeah, sure, he did all of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I hate them so fucking I hate all of the adults in this movie and I don't mean like our people like the losers but god that scene really hurt me I think because he Nicholas Hamilton does such a good job with this role in this scene especially with his screaming and like fighting it and all of that but especially when he's walking up he looks bruised and traumatized and not well at all and I was just like somebody take care of the boy please if somebody had just fucking taken care of the boy to begin with maybe we wouldn't be here (laughs) we would still be here because it's dairy and like I said in the last review they Mm -hmm. show that every single adult in that town is under the clown's thrall just as much as Henry was that's so how can you blame any of them for acting the way the clown told them to if you're not blaming Henry for acting the way the clown told him to? Because he's a child. No. <laughs> but yeah, he immediately calms down and it just, like, that acting was so good. And I agree with you, both of them did a really good job, but I'm always way more impressed by children acting well than I am by adults, you know? Yeah. But, um, it was really good because he's like his body is shaking and then he sees he looks up sees the balloon and his face and his body immediately calm down and it's so good he is completely mentally lost Mm -hmm. and even in the future when he's in the sanitarium he looks out the window and there's just a red balloon sitting there and he just fucking loses it like and he points to himself like me yeah i love that it was so freaking cute yep as they're bringing him back to his room, he's getting more and more excited, and he's waving at the balloon like, "Hi, my friend!" <laughs> oh, I loved him. Yeah. He was and really go ahead. I was just gonna say when he first sees the balloon out the window, he like a tear drops from his eye, and then we see him in when they like lock him in his room, uh, and he's looking out the window, but the balloon is not there, even though it was floating in that direction. Yeah. And he looks like he's about to, like, burst into tears. And yeah. I was like, no, no, please give him the balloon. Please just give him the balloon. <laughs> yeah, like, please just possess him. He wants it. <laughs> um, he is totally heartbroken. And they made his mental break so good in this that I felt it. Mm-hmm. Um, the bed creaks. And then he does get the balloon. It's under the bed. Yep. With Demon Patrick. Yep. <laughs> I'm so glad they chose him because Owen Teague is a fucked up guy. <laughs> it had to be him. He's so weird looking anyway, just yeah. his natural form. <laughs> and then this was brilliant. And the crawling <laughs> over to him. Oh, so Do good. you remember Jim Carrey's The Grinch when he wanted to go into town? So he put on that weird mask with the bug eyes and the five oh, God. smiling fuck to you? <laughs> like demon patrick henry assumes is there to kill him but actually just gives him back his blade and basically spends the rest of the movie hanging out with him okay and it's so can i refer to something that happens later on like way later on in the movie because first of all 
Okay, no, I can't because we're we'll get there. We'll get there. Never mind. I'll wait. I'll be yeah. patient. <laughs> the movie gave him back his blade and his best friend, and they just spend yep. the rest of the movie having capers together. <laughs> and I find it funny that the clown actually continued to spend energy constantly making this second entity just hang mm-hmm. with Henry. Yep. <laughs> because there had to have been points. This happened over the span of about two days. Mm-hmm. So for two solid days, there had to have been points when they were just hanging out in the car, listening to fucking uh, <laughs> Manson. <laughs> oh, just like the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, maybe Henry's psychotic break needed that. He needed the like. I feel like in the first, like in the first movie, um, Patrick was just as much a nutcase as Henry was. So he needed that now to help give him the strength back. I guess I don't know to help him like continue on with his mission. Yep, it was very I nice know. of Pennywise to do it for him. Let's just say it that way. Hey, he chauffeured <laughs> him around the entire time too. <laughs> he did. Oh. God. <laughs> um, they all agreed to meet at an Asian restaurant, and mm-hmm. Mike has never gotten to forget because he never left Derry. So oh, he's no. so much happier to see them than they are to see him, and it makes me so sad. I know. Like, it's got to be a lot to be the only person here that remembers everything, who misses these people, who were, like, his only friends in life, clearly, because he hasn't made any other friends this whole time. Um <laughs> And he's hugging them, and they're like, yeah, okay, hi. Sure, yeah, you person that I don't re- really remember at all, okay. <laughs> and while he's inside hugging Bill and Eddie, Ben and Bev rekindled their friendship and lack of romantic chemistry with the hug outside. Uh, well, okay, first of all, I want to say the way everybody shows up is really, really good, because, I mean, Mike's already there. Bill walks in and gets hug attacked by Mike, and that kind of sets off their very close friendship throughout the movie that I wasn't expecting, but it's there a lot. And it would like, I feel like that intro was good. Eddie walks into the restaurant talking to the waitress about all of the allergies that he has and all of the shit they have to leave out of his food. And then looks up and sees Bill and Mike mid sentence and says, Holy shit. (laughs) Ben and Bev, they do their little, hug thing i okay is it weird that i started shipping them for some reason i was like yeah okay go for it ben and bev yeah i don't know why like i did when they were babies but and then i did again here i don't think that the characters were set up to have romantic chemistry i feel like it's always just like but ben wants it so much i know but he looks like this now so give it to him yeah (laughs) but yeah they're hugging and richie shows up and goes wow you two look amazing the fuck happened to me and it's so perfect for all of them in case you didn't remember who the fuck these motherfuckers were there you go that's who they are yep and he saw both of them and immediately recognized them without having to hear anything and i I love that i do too i feel like richie remembered a lot more than he was letting on I feel like some of them did and some of them didn't, depending on the situation, which didn't make any sense. No, yeah, it's very strange. But what yeah. Richie didn't recognize is Ben with, um, you know, all of the weight 
loss. And then while he's standing behind them as they're saying hello, he is mouthing to the other three who were already at the um, restaurant that this has been and doing a fat arm thing. Uh And it's so awful and it's so good. Yeah, except he is totally hot for Ben, who is, Uh and I quote, like every Brazilian soccer player wrapped up into one person. (laughs) And he is. He really is. My God. I will eventually stop thirsting over that man. Probably. No. Um, (laughs) I think this scene was way better than the one in the 1998, because we get to actually Mm. see and hear them interact and kind of rekindle some of their friendships as adults. And I think Mm. it really helps this movie going forward to see that. Yeah, I mean, I some of the highlights were Richie insisting that he married Eddie's mom <laughs> and Bill finding it so funny that he almost drowns on his own beer. Yep. <laughs> so good. Like the your mom and I jokes never ended. And like, I mean, they did clearly because they haven't seen each other for a while, but he still got him now. <laughs> oh, yeah. They even have an extended cut of that scene. I would suggest watching it because it's just so mm. charming. All the losers together just doing stupid loser stuff. Oh, all I can't of, wait. All of the losers, anyway. Oh, cheese. Yeah. <sighs> um, ben, or Mike, I'm sorry, pulls out his murder notebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which... uh-huh. Everybody's got to have one of those. In 1990, Mike was the one obsessed with the history of the town. He had like a, do you know how creepy this town is picture book that he carried around with him at all times. Mm -hmm. So him being the one who stayed and kept the journal record kind of made sense. But in It Chapter 1, 2017, they gave that treat to Ben instead. And then in this movie, they just kind of shifted it back to Mike. Yeah. Like the whole ranting conspiracy theorist thing. I like the character, but I don't like that it was done so inconsistently. I don't understand the change, especially because we don't see any of that from Ben going forward. No, and, like, it would have made so much sense in this one if in the previous movie, Ben had been like he had been as a child in the miniseries because Ben was building things and, like, he was, like, kind of like a tough boy and, like... I feel like that's who he is as an adult here, but he wasn't in the 2017 movie. And I'm like, why did you make him the one with all of the murder stories when you aren't even following through with that now? And we're just supposed to like forget that that happened. Pretend that was Mike. Please pretend that was Mike. It's like you had something else to do with Ben. Why didn't you just stick with that? That would have made a lot more sense. It also would have made more sense if he had pulled out the book and Ben had been like super into it. Yeah, or that, yeah. So, I don't get it. Me neither. Um, That is the start of the tonal shift, but then they bring out the fortune cookies, and it's so good. Mm -hmm. There's Uh, one bird in each fortune. Yep. I love that Eddie is so pissed off about it, too. It's just like, ugh, my fortune cookie just says, I think his is could, if if I'm remembering correctly. And I'm like, oh, you're such a little... Like, he's just rolling his eyes all pissed off about it. They just found out that Pennywise was actually a thing, and he's pissed off that his fortune cookie just says Alyssa doesn't say. That was Eddie through the whole movie, though. He does it again later, and I love him for it so very mm-hmm. much. Because he's just, it's all this horrible shit happening, and he's just like, 
yeah, but haha, this other thing. <laughs> it's like, what? what? Okay. Uh, they finally arrange all of the individual words, and it says, guess Stanley could not cut it, but oh. he could cut it. He did cut it. Oh, so. no! <laughs> No, no, we go sit in the corner and think about what you've done for fuck's sake. Absolutely not. Not allowed. I'm editing that part out of this fucking podcast. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, poor Stanley. Yeah. We hardly yeah. know. Me. <laughs> Especially in this one, yeah. Um uh, they're sit- before they even reveal it though they're sitting there arguing about what it says and they're like rearranging it rearranging it and Bev's just sitting there staring at hers and I get that it's creepier that she got Stanley instead of just a word but it's like can you move please they're they're freaking out here what does this shit say yeah and none yeah, of them are even like wait what is you what do you have they're all like oh no how no. do we arrange these four <laughs> words yeah, knowing that one word is missing still. What, what could it be? Whatever, um, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The fortune cookies start to spit out awful-looking, like, fetal bats and eyeballs with octopus legs. and Oh, it was so bad. The baby bird fetus is the worst. Oh, that hurt me to, to look at that. Mm-hmm. The wing bat thing never turned fully into a bat. It was just, like, a wing and then the fortune cookie. Like, it was stuck in there, flying around blindly, and that kind of made me laugh. <laughs> My least favorite one was the baby Jabba yes. the slug. What the hell was that? I don't know what it was, but it wasn't good. It was a good description, oh. though, <laughs> on your part. Ben is hiding behind Eddie while simultaneously protecting him, and that was the it. highlight of the scene for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to, of course, Mike yelling, it's not real, it's not real, while bashing <laughs> the table with a chair, because that's what you do to things that aren't real. Of course, yeah. Well, there was another highlight for me, because I think it's Mike and Bill both knock into the uh, aquariums that are in the restaurant, and there's these floating heads singing in the fish tanks, and like, I don't know what the fuck that was supposed to be, but it was hilarious as shit, I will tell you that, because they're singing, they're singing this, like, I get that it's supposed to be like some creepy children's song or whatever, but it was just funny to see the floating heads do it. I wanted to know what they were singing, and I couldn't figure it out. I didn't try hard enough, but I probably couldn't either. But yeah, Mike bashes the table with a chair, and then the waitress comes in and asks very calmly, is everything okay? And so Richie asks for the uh, check. I hope they left the fuck of a tip. (laughs) Oh yeah, like, they have to replace at least a few things in that room. Yeah, and you know what? Most of them are making pretty good money. They can do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um. As they're leaving, a very obvious misdirect comes up to them. His name is Dean. He is an adorable but very nefarious-sounding child. He just walks up and goes, Hey, Richie, the fun is just beginning. (laughs) And it's clearly not a thing. No. But Richie falls for it. Of course. He's (laughs) a moron. We love yeah. him, but... Moron, yeah. 
and he just yells at this child and grabs him and shakes him. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't shake children. Is that the lesson in this episode? I think that's the lesson in this episode. Well, he didn't happens know later this too. one was child's. That's true. But yeah, um, the child's parents are very calm in the background when they show up. Once they start Very. to realize, like, this... Yeah, like, these fucking people, I swear to God. <laughs> it's it's a strange thing to watch. Because I'm not even saying they were bad parents. I'm just saying it was very strange to see that. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, th- I think that's when Richie says, I don't write my own material. And this is what I was talking about. After everything that happened, Richie says, I don't write my own material. And Eddie literally stops there for a second and says, I fucking knew it. It's like, you were just freaking out. You almost hyperventilated in there. And this is the time for this right now? Really? (laughs) That's another one of those jokes where it's just like, do you remember him? Or did he, not knowing who Richie Tozier was, watch some of his comedy specials on TV and go, hey... Uh... I bet you that guy <laughs> didn't write his <some> material. <laughs> yeah, that that wouldn't make any sense. He had to remember him. Maybe he was starting to remember bits and pieces here now that he like hadn't thought about. I don't know. Yeah, I think this movie just didn't really pay attention when it was doing the writing. It's like, oh, I want to fit in this joke or this reference, and I don't care if I break the entire world to do it. <laughs> yep, and you know what? Some of those situations, I appreciated it. And some of them I did not. <laughs> um, they all go out into the parking lot to call Stan because that message was super sketchy and they wanted to see when Stan was going to show up. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not. No. Nope. Bev seems to have known that beforehand, which is also sketch. Yeah. Is that the point in a horror movie usually when you're like, you, you're the one. You did it. Yes. Yeah, they don't do that though. Well, because almost none of them notice because Richie and Eddie are too busy. Like, hey, we should leave now. Like, super Mm now. And (laughs) super now. Some of the funniest quotes from the entire movie happen here and they're all from Richie. Oh, yay. I don't. I don't think I wrote down any of them. I'm sure I'll remember them when you, if you tell me what they are. <laughs> uh, they're asking what the plan is. And Richie's response is, I got a plan getting the hell out of Dodge before this ends worse than one of Bill's books. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember that. He's such a little shit still. <laughs> mm-hmm. And my very favorite quote, uh, he's re- talking about Mike calling him and First words out of your mouth should have been like, hey, man, you want to come to Derry and get murdered? Because then I would have said no. <laughs> he's, oh, God, he's such an ass. <laughs> but you know what? Fair, fair argument. But uh, he's a dick about it. And it's great. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, they, um, them finding out about Patrick, I felt like was... Less, Patrick, where did Patrick come from? Not about Patrick at all, about Stan. (laughs) Very different names, too. Uh, Them finding out about Stanley was, I felt like it was less of a freak out. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, they saw the message earlier, but they were still like, let's call him and see when he's coming. 
So I felt like there should have been more reactions from them, and there wasn't really. Yeah, they got quiet and then just, like, kind of were like, okay, yeah, we need to get out of here now. And they might have wanted to process it later, but now was not the time. Yeah. Which, you know what? If all of them just decided to up and leave and go back home, Stanley really would have died for nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, if none we'll of you were there. here. Yeah, we will. Okay. <laughs> Most of them say they're going to go to the hotel for one night to get their shit and get out. Um, mm-hmm. Bill is in that camp at first, which is like, dude, you're the person who was like, cut your hand and swear. So how about you shut all the way up with that? <laughs> like, yep. if you hadn't said that, Stanley would still be at home planning Ouch. a trip to the fucking islands with his wife. Fuck. That comes back later, and it's so hurtful that you said that. I agree with you. It's just, we'll get there, too. (laughs) But we're not there now, because now we're at a baseball game with Vicky, a little girl that Adrian gave a stuffed toy to at the beginning. Uh Uh-huh. And she sees a firefly go under the bleachers and goes to meet the firefly. And this was my favorite Pennywise moment in the entire movie. Ooh. I liked that he lured her in and that it wasn't just a right place, right time sort of thing. Yeah. He starts talking to her in a very Winnie the Pooh-like voice (laughs) about how he's insecure because he has a facial scar. Like, his face isn't attractive and you won't want to see my face. No one wants to be my friend. Mm -hmm. Because she has a facial abnormality. Mm -hmm. And she immediately completely gives up on the stranger danger vibes she was having yeah he seems hurt and she relates to him especially when he promises he can get rid of the thing on her face she's so happy and then she fucking dies yeah this like i feel like they do a really good job with going yeah if you thought we weren't gonna murder the kids go watch another movie because we're gonna murder the fuck out of the kids like, every time. <laughs> like, the kids are going to die. That's kind of the whole point point of the clown, right? So, but, like, a lot of movies don't go there, and this movie goes there multiple times. It does. Movies. I appreciated that Pennywise actually was willing to gamify this one for himself. hmm And I also liked that he knew the losers were there, and he had a couple of things set up, but he was so disinterested at this point in what they were doing that he just went out for a little snack yeah uh i'm getting hungry waiting on you guys to figure shit out uh i'll come and check back on you in like an hour sound good (laughs) um henry breaks out of the sanitarium and i appreciate that he got out without the clown's help just his blade and his own Mm -hmm. ability Mm-hmm. It actually set him up as being a real potential threat, whereas in 1990, he was just this feeble-ass old man. Yeah. Oh, um, well, Ted Patrick is waiting for him outside in Belch's <laughs> car. <laughs> that was my favorite Dead Patrick moment, because he's just sitting there looking like he's not going to move because he's a corpse, right? 
And then Henry gets into the car. Okay, first of all, though, Henry gets into the car and is, like, super excited. Because, like, yay, I'm out of there. But also, yay, I have a mission. And also, yay, bestie. Um, (laughs) So he gets into the car. And Patrick, his head and whole body, really, move in such a fucked up way. And it's so fucking good. It's so good. And... I just want to imagine that if somebody sees this car driving around, who the fuck is driving it? Who the fuck is driving it? Because the the corpse isn't driving the car, right? Right. <laughs> so is it just Henry and in his head, Patrick is I hard to tell. It's possible that the corpse is constantly being animated by Pennywise. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> which is again very nice of Pennywise to do for. Henry. Yeah. Give him a few good days. <laughs> um, Mike takes Bill to the library to explain the history of Pennywise and the ritual of, of Chewed. Mm-hmm. And they make such a huge deal about how great the ritual is. But, like, how great could it possibly have been if Pennywise still goes on a year-long binge every 27 years and still has a thrall yeah. on the townspeople the entire rest of the time? Yep. He's the acting there is really good too because he is I feel like he was holding it together up until Mike was holding it together up until he is explaining all this shit to Bill and he is completely fucking uh, like a maniac. He is. He drugs Bill and that's probably one of the yeah. scariest scenes in this movie. The mm-hmm. way Bill started, like, seeing in shadows, but Mike's shadow didn't move even when the room started to shake was weird. Yep. Well, Mike also says that he found the whatever that thingy was. Um, and he says, I found it. No, no, they gave it to me. I stole it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, okay, you tried for, like, half a second till I bought that. <laughs> he insists that Pennywise doesn't know that he knows what he knows and that's Uh why it's gonna work but pennywise knows that stan killed himself in goddamn atlanta (laughs) yeah you think it doesn't know that mike hung out with some native americans an inch away from dairy and then brought their fucking picture book home (laughs) uh the i'm sure not i'm sure i know that the whole ritual thing like those scenes were important and all that I just kind of didn't want to watch it I was like could you just tell me about it though instead I'm Mm. sure I'm sure it had a bigger effect you know what it probably had bigger a a bigger effect on people in a movie theater because I feel like things are different there but watching this on my laptop I was like can I hit fast forward will I miss anything (laughs) I'm not the biggest fan of exposition so I'm kind of glad they showed Mm. it yeah well, he wasn't. He was crazy, though. Um, Mike was, so I wouldn't have minded hearing him like a psychotically telling Bill all of what was uh, what he knew. True. Um, we find out that ever since seeing the deadlights, Bev has been seeing visions of all of them dying and is having like weird premonitions about it. Yeah, I feel like that's also something she should have shared, just like, you know, Mike should have shared the important piece of information he had of why they were all coming back here. But I get both of them not sharing it. Like, if Mike had told them, like Richie said, they wouldn't come back. 
And Bev telling them just makes her sound like she's crazy and she didn't remember everything. So extra crazy then. And she also didn't know it was actually going to happen until it happened to Stan. Yeah. I wonder if Stan also had the premonitions though, because he didn't seem at all surprised by Mike's phone call. And when it Mm -hmm. happened, he seemed to know exactly what he was going to do. There wasn't a question of how am I going to do it? Do I get some pills? Do I get some? No, he just went straight to the bath. Yeah. He he knew it was coming and he knew how it was supposed to happen when it happened. So I'm guessing that he saw the lights when Pennywise was French kissing him in the first (laughs) (laughs) Yep. He must have. Yeah. Poor Stanley. Yeah. Especially because I think, well, I mean, not that we were going to get to see him, but baby Stanley, I don't remember the actor's name, Wyatt Olaf. He is a joy to see in movies, and luckily it wasn't going to be that version anyway, because I was going to say it would have sucked to see it, but I also kind of wish that we had gotten to see more of adult Stanley, because then we could have compared and known, you know, if they were similar to each other, child and adult versions, you know? Mm -hmm. I assume so, with the little we we did get to see of him, and it was not fun that we don't get to see more. But one of them had to die. Get to see a little bit of Wyatt Olaf Stanley because they have some flashback scenes. They go to their old clubhouse and yes, <sighs> between last movie and this movie, Eddie went from being like a bitchy neurotic kid to just being <laughs> a little gremlin on speed, and I don't know how <laughs> it happens. Um, he is terrorizing Stan with a paddle ball and ends up breaking <laughs> it on Stan's face and blaming him for breaking it with Yes! Face. Okay, I have two things to say about that whole scene. Number one, when they first, when Ben brings them into the clubhouse that he has built, Richie's first words are, what the dick is this? And that is my favorite quote of this movie. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that Eddie, this crazy fucking crazy eddie is my favorite overall character it just in general of everything (laughs) i I loved him i think part of the problem is they had to de-age them a little bit for this movie because it was a couple of years and these kids are growing teenagers (laughs) yep and I think sometimes the de-aging got a little weird around the eyes, particularly for <laughs> Eddie, who always looked like he was about one minute away from completely losing it. <laughs> Wasn't he, though? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, adult Richie imitates Pennywise in the shadows. Oh, we God. don't know it's him, but he's just like, hey, losers. I am the flutes. <laughs> and... Then it's just coming out like, and then you see that dance like, ha. <laughs> nobody is at all amused by this because, of course, they're fucking not. Uh huh. And he's so upset by it. It's just like, all right, just trying to add some levity to this shit. Like, I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> His Pennywise voice was really great, and I feel really bad for people who have to watch this on closed captioning because it literally says Richie imitating Pennywise. And yeah. it's just like, dude, you fucking ruined that for people. What I don't Something like I tell. Mm-hmm. the fucking beep beep thing. Oh. They go back to a beep beep later on. Mm-hmm. But this would have been the perfect time to establish it. Like, you went over the line, beep, beep, Richie. Yeah, but they don't do it. 
but they don't. So when they go back to it later with no setup, it's just like, okay, it's like a money shot with no, like with no pre anything. It's just like, you, you didn't see the entire video. You just saw somebody come. It's just like, okay, well, that, that doesn't help. <laughs> well, and it, I, I, like, I don't think it was the right time to use it either. The time that they finally did use the beep beep didn't make any sense. We'll get there. Like, there were, yeah, there were better times for it. So they should have used it then. There were. But we go back to flashbacks, and it makes me really happy to see some more time of all of them bonding together, because since Stan didn't show, they still found a way to make him part of the movie. And I feel like the losers as a club bonding together is a really high point in the It franchise. Yep. Um, Richie and Eddie flirt like teenage boys. Uh, They really do. I fucked your mom. (laughs) I can see your vagina and a ton of kicking. He kicks him in the face and knocks his glasses off. And Richie's reaction to that is beautiful. He just does a little eye roll and a... (sighs) (laughs) like they're so Uh used to each other and i enjoy that and everyone else is so used to it that they're just like yep same shit as normal let's just go on with our day (laughs) yep yeah Mm. and also eddie going around yelling about how they need permits and none of this is safe and if i get hurt down here you're gonna be the one to pay for it and blah 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 all this stuff to immediately what is this and he grabs the Oh, no, he says, oh, it's cool or something like that when he grabs the little paddleball thingy. And it's just like, you, did you forget to take those pills? Because I know he's on a lot of medication and maybe one of them was ADD medication and maybe you still need it, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, he was still taking it at this time, I guess. So you definitely need it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, they ask Mike what he wants to do when he gets out of dairy, which hurts me because he never does. Mm. And it hurts me even more because he starts talking about how he wants to go to Florida and he doesn't even have a reason. He just wants to. And he yep. looks so serene when he says he does. it. Never yep. gets to go. Poor boy. Well, you don't know that. Well, maybe in the span of this movie, he has never gotten <laughs> to go. No. And seeing how, like, shiny and innocent he is, and then how manic he becomes, is... It hurts my feelings. Aw, you have feelings! Yay! (laughs) But yeah, it it was... Just in general, just every time you see um, Mike, older Mike, just freaking out about everything, and nobody gets him, and everyone's blaming him. It happens many times throughout the movie, and it's every time it is heartbreaking to watch, because it's like, this boy didn't get a chance to escape. You all got to escape. He couldn't escape. He was stuck here. Yeah. And he paid the price for it in many ways. He did. Um, Stan is the saddest boy, and he's asking if they're going to be friends when they're older, which is the most forcedly cheesy thing. (laughs) I feel like they're just kind of trying to manufacture this deep moment between them all, particularly Stan and Bev, because we hadn't seen a friendship established with them really in the first movie. And now Mm -hmm. they're trying to be like, oh no, Stan and Bev were such great friends, and she's so (laughs) torn up about him. And Yeah. I, it's like that came out of nowhere, and I don't believe it for a second, but okay. Yeah, I didn't buy it. 
nope. Like, they could have done it in such a more subtle way instead of just shoving it in our faces. And I would have bought that. It could have been in the background, like fucking Richie and Eddie. <laughs> or background, foreground, hard to tell with those boys. Anyway. Yeah. But that's when they all start to actually process that Stan is super dead. They're just, yep. like, stroking his no spiders in your hair shower caps and yeah. passing it around and putting it on. And it's sad. And it hurts. It yeah. And they're trying to, like, imagine what he was like as an adult. And Richie is just very quietly, like, probably like when he was little, the best. Aww. Like, see oh, feelings so many feelings like not just you richie has them too <laughs> yeah but then he immediately ruins it because uh <laughs> i says that they need a sacrifice and he says i nominate eddie because you're little but <laughs> on a barbecue <laughs> such a dick very much uh, yeah mm. yeah um their sacrifice is their little artifacts that they have to collect, right? But they don't yeah. know what they are. They don't know what they are. Mike explains that they need to go on, like, a video game collection mission to find <laughs> some, like, magical, unrecycled garbage from their past. So uh-huh. they can, like, regain their memories of things that supposedly happened but weren't in the mm-hmm. first movie. And then they have to sacrifice these artifacts to kill the clown. And they have to find yeah. all of these items alone for some reason, even though they find stands together. Yep. Well, Stan's dead. He can't find his own. Um, okay. They're very strange artifacts, though, because Stan's was the shower caps, which... Okay, fine. And then we'll get to the other ones, but some of them are way more, like, emotional things, and some of them are just, like, kind of little things. You know what I mean? No, no. And I didn't understand how the fuck these kids, they're not kids, these people were supposed to know what it was. If I was one of them the entire time I was looking, I'd be like, fuck, it can be anything. What if I fuck this up? What if everyone else gets theirs right and I bring something that I think is the right thing and it's not the right thing at all and then the whole thing is fucked because of me. So especially, I'd have a whole backpack full of shit. Uh-huh. Especially because they're not supposed to have the memories of those times yeah but then they all just know exactly where to go to get their artifacts yep we spend about an hour of this movie just on this separate gather quest and it kind of brought the same like pennywise taunts all the losers individually energy that the first movie brought Mm -hmm. and it kind of prioritized the main four of richie eddie bill and bev because Stan was already dead, Mike already had his, and Ben's section was very short because he already had his too. Yeah, we already knew what it was going to be because of earlier in the movie. So they really didn't spend a lot of time on them. And then it's like, oh, do you want to spend an hour where all of the people who have really great chemistry together separate and don't talk <laughs> to each other? <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. I really but, don't want to do that. But if we didn't do that, we wouldn't get some great, great scenes like Bev going back to her childhood home. Bev's was the best one by far. Yes, I agree. Mrs. Kirsch was great casting. That woman looked very creepy from the get-go. Her arms are so thin and so yes. long. And it oh. might be natural, but it comes off as odd right away. It does. But 
the way Ooh. she runs is very Ashford <laughs> Evil Dead, especially <laughs> later yes. on when we oh. find out that she's um I don't know exactly what she is, a corpse mm-hmm. with many throat a mouths in her throat. Mm-hmm. Um with her like swinging old lady titties. Oh, it was so gross. <laughs> That, I swear to God, is pulled exactly out of Ash vs. Evil Dead. There is an episode where he gets swallowed up by a cadaver, and he's trying to crawl out of the asshole while there's, like, a swinging (laughs) dick beating him in the face. And that is exactly this. Wonderful. (laughs) I'm so happy with that bit of information. Yeah. Oh, poor Bev, though. She's just sitting here in her childhood home, which is already really fucked for her. Mm-hmm. Having these memories of her asshole father yelling at her, I believe, about how, you know, your mother died because she was embarrassed to be your mother. Um, Smelling and, her? Yeah, sm- spraying her mom's perfume all over her and himself. Uh, it was all really creepy. And so she's remembering all this shit. And then she's sitting here with a very odd woman who, you know, she thought was a nice old lady. And then not so much, though. (laughs) Yeah, but the problem was the scenes with Elvin Marsh were legitimately scary and Mm -hmm. psychologically heart-pounding. Yeah. (sighs) Mrs. Kirsch was a cartoon. 100%. 100%. Yeah, she was hilarious. I think she was supposed to be scary, and that makes it worse a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, she's Bev finds her postcard from Ben from childhood with the poem on it, and she's sitting there reading it and remembering that it was, you know, from Bill. Um, and Mrs. Kirsch is, I believe she's already naked here in the doorway, in the, like, background. And she, like, does a hop dance move that... I mean, it's a dance move, let's be honest. Uh-huh. And it's, like, the creepy music plays, and it still doesn't make it creepy. No. Like, usually that changes everything. Like, even though something wasn't supposed to be creepy, the music makes it that way, and it doesn't work on this scene at all, or for that moment anyway. It doesn't actually become creepy again until Bev is almost out the door, and when she turns around, Pennywise, human Pennywise, is sitting there. And Mm -hmm. he isn't painting his face. He's wiping off the human skin to reveal the crown paint. I loved that so much. Beautiful. Can I just get on Bill Skarsgård for just a second? Because fuck you. How are you such a good actor? Like he (laughs) is out of this world good because he's, yeah, he's doing the like face wiping thingy. And then he, like, scratches his forehead and eyes and down. And then, like, his eyes turn into, like, it's like they roll back. And then when they roll back to normal, kind of, one is looking to one side and one is looking straight ahead. And that is all him. He does that with his fucking eyes on cue. And he's, like, drooling and he does the voice. And I'm just like, I love you. How? How are you a real human being, for fuck's sake? (laughs) He's just, I don't know. He's constantly wowing me i think he did a great job Mm. the issue for me here is that pennywise's origin origin comes up and it's confusing like Hmm. if we believe mrs kirsch's photos and her story and i'm not sure why we wouldn't Mm -hmm. pennywise was an actual person 
Yeah. But if we believe Bill's acid trip, it is a being <laughs> from outer space made of lights. So if both stories are true, was Pennywise just some like weird predator who decided like it was just like, well, that guy's creepy enough to emulate. <laughs> or Probably. was Pennywise a normal person that it abducted and then later mm. assumed control of like Henry and then just decided to keep? Interesting. Now I want to know which one it is, and I'm sure that nothing in the world ever tells us, does it? <laughs> they have said they're working on a Pennywise origin story. So maybe Fuck we'll yes! <gasps> Put Bill Skarsgård in another movie, make him Pennywise, I will watch it, here's all my money, take it now. <laughs> God, I love that man. We'll review <laughs> it if they do it. Yes, we will. They better do it. Okay. <laughs> Richie goes to get his token, and... This supposedly happened after the fight with Bill, after the clown broke Eddie's arm, and after they got full confirmation that Georgie was dead, right? Yep. So Richie was just trying to play by the arcade by himself, supposedly, but he's actually trying to have some romance with a kid who looks like Stan. And <laughs> would be related to Henry Bowers. Yeah, bad choice there, Richie. But granted, he might not have known that. <laughs> I doubt, I doubt he did. He seemed very surprised when Henry came in and immediately Connor Bowers turned on him, even though he seemed to be kind of into it before. Yeah, he did seem into it. And it was very out of nowhere that he would overreact that strongly because all Rich, it's not like Richie said, hey, you want to go to the back room and make out? He said, we, uh, why not play again or something? And he held up the token, like, let's play the game again. And then Henry shows up and, it, it, like, Connor just completely flips on him and is like, oh, um, you didn't tell me that this town was, like, full of a bunch of fairies or whatever it is he says. I don't have it written down. Something along those lines. And I didn't get why it had to be that much of an attack. Like, you could have just been like, oh, the fucking loser is just getting on my nerves or, like, he's bugging me about some stupid loser game or something, you know? Like, you didn't have to call him out like that. Because he was terrified and throwing Richie under the bus was better than potentially getting found out for wanting to be there. Yeah, and uh, Henry's reaction is, uh, Richie fucking Tozier? And I love the way, I'm not even doing it right, but the way he says it is so much fun. And then he, like, how does he go from, he's walking out of the movie with his friends in the background throwing fucking popcorn at each other like you know teenagers and he's all calm and all that and then he sees this happening and then he goes from just saying Richie's name basically pretty calmly still like a little surprised but calm to yelling at him to get the fuck out of there and I'm like oh my god good job showing us the crazy well considering what happened to Adrian and Don yeah He's the lucky one. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Henry doesn't, like, follow him out and try to kick his ass, actually. So yeah, it doesn't make sense for Henry. That. Yeah. No, it doesn't. But, <laughs> I mean, Henry was going through some stuff. True, he was. And, again, the clown is the least scary part of the token scene. Mm -hmm. Like, getting gay-bashed is scary. A papier-mâché statue coming <laughs> life is just campy and it like, was so weird since when does it's not real work 
since this movie. Also, didn't Pennywise attack them? Like, when they were children, the whole thing was, it comes to you as a thing you're most terrified of. So, was Richie scared of Paul fucking Bunyan, or at least the statue of him? Is that what we're supposed to believe here? The argument was that since Paul Bunyan is a caricature of everything that is masculine and manly and straight and male, that it was his personification of fear. But it didn't really work, did it? Nope. Um, It also was just fun to see the people in the background when we when we switch over to adult Richie standing there and there's people in the background who I'm guessing are preparing for the fair or whatever that's going to be coming up because there's a bunch of cheerleaders doing their little cheer thing and I don't know other people doing dances and stuff and Pennywise is on the Paul Bunyan statue and people behind Richie stop and stare like they can see him they're not moving but they look like they're looking at Pennywise, and he they look terrified. Well, I didn't get that Pennywise either. Pennywise starts to sing, they all start to sway, and it's very much yeah. an Uncanny Valley thing. Uh-huh. But before that, the corpse of Adrian says he's giving Richie a flyer to Canal Days. Mm. Um, it was actually a, uh, in loving memory of. For Richie mm. to go with his missing poster from when he was a kid. Yep. And it being Adrian, not only did Adrian die in the canal, so him being invited to canal days was a special touch. <laughs> uh-huh. But this is when I started to realize they were making parallels between Richie and Adrian and Don earlier. Mm. Yeah. What's weird to me is that adult Richie is still terrified of people finding about a finding out about his dirty little secret as pennywise calls it in 2019 yep (laughs) totes makes sense (laughs) but pennywise looks so upset that richie doesn't want to stay and play with the clown like he's he's got a distorted face but he's just like come back and play with the clown maybe that's all pennywise really wanted maybe if these kids would have just stopped and played with him and maybe let him nibble on their fingers every once in a while everything would have been fine <laughs> i think what i enjoyed most about that though is richie tried to do the it's not real it's not real thing again except that doesn't actually work so clearly it didn't and mm-hmm. when he opens his eyes pennywise comes at him doing the dance that Richie Buck <laughs> doing <laughs> yeah. with the arms. I was like, yeah. what? You didn't like it? I'm doing <laughs> but yeah. I love that subtle nod of like, I know what you're doing and I was watching you do it. Yep. Yeah, like I feel like they... I mean, clearly at this point, they don't really know what's what. They're just starting to figure things out. Maybe Mike knows a little bit more than they do. Okay, he definitely does. But like, they don't understand fully. And I don't think they understood fully as children either that Pennywise can see you everywhere constantly. He is watching. He knows what is happening. He's like Santa Claus. (laughs) See, that's... Which one's creepier? Santa watching you every second of the day or Pennywise? Well... (laughs) (laughs) I guess it depends on how old you are and if you live in Derry or not. Um... 
the yacht. Richie's. We'll come back to Richie later and his whole like gay crisis thing. We will. Right now, we are going with Bill to buy his oh. bike back. And in 1990, they established the bike as being super important to Bill. It oh. outran the demon with Stan. It ended up outrunning the demon with Audra. It was a thing that he used to kind of bond with Mike. Oh. It was a very important bike. 2017 did not establish this bike as being important. And I'm sitting there going, this how, this movie is two hours yeah. and 49 <laughs> goddamn minutes. Did you really need five minutes of Bill buying a bike? Do you want to know how long Ben's entire token scene was? About four and a half minutes. We spent four and a half minutes watching Bill buy a bike. <laughs> and that wasn't even his fucking token. Yeah. Okay, but Stephen King is a douchebag shop owner charging Bill $300 for the bike because he's a writer and he can afford it was great. So I'm glad for that. But yeah, it didn't need to be in the movie. It also didn't need to be that long, especially when there's so much more to come. It also, I thought it was ridiculous and cheesy that he said, because uh, the, I'm going to call him Stephen King. I don't think the shop owner gets a name. So Stephen King says to Bill about the bike that like, good luck with it. I don't think it's going to go very fast or something. And he says, you know what, mister? She was fast enough to beat the devil. And there's this like dramatic music playing. And I'm like, God, that's cheesy. But then it leading up to Bill trying to ride the old rusty bike and it not really moving and him kind of almost falling off. It was great. (laughs) Well, the thing about it being fast enough to beat the devil? Mm -hmm. When? Yeah, in 1990, were you not paying attention? (laughs) In 1990, it was fast enough to beat the devil because Stan was running from it, got on Bill's bike, and they literally beat the devil on it. Yep. In here, it's just like a fucking bike. (laughs) Like, but my ex-girlfriend rode on that bike with me. It's like, no, fuck you, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, what is that? Are you saying she's the devil? I don't get it. Um, um. Bill does find his token while on the bike, though. Mm-hmm. Um, he finds it, and I think his is the most natural progression of mm-hmm. like why this is your actual token. Yeah. Um, he hears a voice from the sewer, mm-hmm. and well, actually, he just starts yelling at the sewer, like, "Why did you take <laughs> him?" Like, the sewer did it. Well, it was, it was, well, it was baby Bill that did that. And I think that made a little more sense. It was heartbreaking of why he did it. Like, or not of why he did, well, I mean, why he did it too, because he blamed himself for the whole thing of Georgie being gone. Um, Mm. But I think it was really good acting too. And I actually looked up his name because I wanted to mention that I think Jaden Martell throughout this movie I think probably through both of the movies, but specifically in this movie, in the few scenes we see him in, does a really good job with the, like, like heartbreaking facial expressions. It, like, it hurts to watch him do it. Like, I feel he for him. sad boy. He has naturally pouty lips, I think, anyway, so it's easier probably in that way, but he is breaking down, slamming his fists on the ground, crying about why did you have to take Georgie of all of the kids in the town? And mm. it was really, I thought it was a powerful scene. Because you weren't there. Oh. 
which is both a lie and the most hurtful thing it could have said. <laughs> it was so bad. It's so, like, it happens to Bill so often. People keep going, yeah, if it weren't for you, I would still be alive. Or if I died because of you, it's just like, jeez. But Bill alone. Uh-huh. Child Georgie starts to talk to him and reach for him from the sewers. Hands uh-huh. only, of course. Of course. And reaching for child Georgie when it's been 27 years since Georgie was a child might be the dumbest thing Bill did in this entire movie. Yeah, I think so too. What is it with the little tiny baby hands grabbing at his arm though? I was like, because they didn't look like the size of hands that like of the children who are down there. They look like doll hands. You know what I mean? They did. I don't know. It was creepy and it was weird. (laughs) But then Bill did something almost just as dumb. He made it clear in front of that same sewer that he cared about that specific kid, Dean, the fun is just yep. beginning kid from earlier. And yep. I love that they reuse the same kids, but you see this kid again, and you're like, oh, honey, you're super Ted, aren't you? <laughs> Like, well, I enjoy the way he shows up here, though, because Bill is standing there yelling, I hate you at the sewer. And the kid's like, who are you talking to? And I love that so much. And then mm-hmm. Bill tells him that if he hears voices from the sewer, that he, after grabbing him and pulling away him away from the sewer, of course, if you hear voices from the sewer, walk away, like just stay away from it. And the kid goes, your voice is from the sewer? And I wanted it to end there and for the kid to be like, okay, I'm going to go now. But it didn't. But it would have been great if it was just like, wow, you're fucking nuts. (laughs) No, the kid explains that he hears voices from other places. Mm -hmm. Also, that he lives in Bill's old house. Mm -hmm. Um, This poor child is so traumatized by these adults, though, because Richie was shaking him in the movie theater, or no, in the, I keep saying movie theater, in the restaurant, and now Bill is shaking him and yelling at him to tell his parents to leave town and never come back and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, he's like eight. Leave him alone. The thing is, we know that that kid was on Pennywise's hit list already, but- Mm -hmm. He became, like, the first damn choice when Bill started being interested in him. Because it's like, oh, good, I get to fuck with Bill again and eat a kid. Because <laughs> Pennywise's favorite thing is to not ever kill Bill, just to kill just to everyone that Bill loves. Yeah. <laughs> and then say, you know, this is your fault. I wouldn't <laughs> even kill him if you hadn't been so interested. <laughs> oh, poor Bill. See, caring, this, okay, I found the new lesson of this episode. Don't care about people. Never. It's, not, it's never a good thing. Um, we go with Ben back to school to find his token, and this scene is both pathetic and unnecessary, because Ben already has his token in his wallet, and he knows it. Yeah, and I also was, I'm always pissed off at teachers in movies, but they, he fell asleep to a film or something in class, and then... The lights go on and these bully kids are smacking him on the back of the head and telling him to wake up and calling him a fat loser or whatever. They call him names. And they all leave. And I'm like, why were there still kids? And like, how did you end the movie, turn the lights on and leave that fucking quickly, teacher? You you can't just leave. I know, again, that it's dairy and adults are shit. But like, the teacher doesn't leave before the kids. That's just not how that goes. No. <sighs> 
Um, the shadow of Pennywise comes up on the projector, and Ben is very startled until he turns around and sees it's Beverly and immediately <laughs> buys it yep. because he is an idiot. He's a boy in love. Well, he's a boy in love, and she is smiling really happily at him and being super sweet, so you know that this is a trick. Yep. I like that she lights her cigarette up in this room and he goes, you're smoking in school. It's like, no, Benjamin, she's not. This isn't school. What, like, what was that question supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. Nervous boy question, probably, but still. Um, <sighs> she says that she knows he wrote the poem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, No. <sighs> no. Um, it's it's sad. The scene is sad. Yeah. But he doesn't even, like, adult Ben isn't even attacked by Pennywise in this. No. But it's definitely the bigger fear of a teenage boy to be rejected by someone you like. She sits there and is like, no, you're disgusting. You're unlovable. Why would I yeah. ever want you? Yep. And then sets her skull on fire. That was hilarious, too. And starts screeching, your hair is winter fire at him. And I was so happy that while she, Pennywise, was chasing him, they all, kiss me, fat boy. (laughs) I needed it in my life. (laughs) Well, I'm glad they gave that to you. Um. Pennywise is even in the locker with him. He hides in a locker to get away from Pennywise, and one of the new kids is smiling in a way that is not okay. And it's it like, no, nope, nope. Well, okay, but I don't think that was even something they fucked with. I think that was just a new kid, kid really? <laughs> smiling like that. I don't <laughs> I, think so. I'll have to look it up now and see if I can find the original picture and do a comparison, because I thought it was normal, and I, I thought it was just in my head that I was gonna, like, that I was expecting something to happen, you know? It didn't look normal at all, but I'm back now to the murder him, murder him, <laughs> and murder him. <laughs> like, I'm so tired of, and I think this was my complaint in the first one, too, where it's just like, why aren't you murdering anyone? Yeah. Like, are you? Yeah. did we really just watch an entire hour of him yo-yoing the kids? No. I'm like I don't want to watch. Playing with his food. Yeah. Oh, but don't kill Ben. If you kill baby, no. If you kill baby, baby Ben, we wouldn't get adult Ben. Fuck off. We needed that. God damn it. Pennywise did not attack adult Ben, but he didn't really have to because honestly, letting Ben go back to the real Beverly and have her deliver the final blow of Bill wrote the poem for me, and I remember kissing him and Bill. Was worse than anything Pennywise could have done to him. Yeah, Ben was probably like, fucking Pennywise, why couldn't you just kill me? (laughs) Yeah, like, there's nothing Pennywise could have done that would have hurt Ben worse than the real Beverly Mm -hmm. saying, I remember how Bill was the love of my life. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like they made Ben more pathetic in the first one. And sorry, in the miniseries, I mean adult then then in this one but he's still really pathetic and i wish that they had fixed that a little bit in this at least every time he talks to her it's just like simp like (laughs) 
you know what a simp is, right? I feel like I've heard it and I'm not sure I know exactly what it is. I think I have an idea of what it is. It's like the guy who falls in love with the stripper. And he's uh, like, no, she loves me. She's a good woman and <laughs> we're going to get married and I'm going to give her all this money, but she has no intention of being with him. He's yeah, so pathetic. Like, I'm and- in love with her and I'll do anything for her. And she's just like, yeah, I'm in love with somebody else. He's like, that's okay. <laughs> I'm still in love with you. Maybe someday you'll realize Bill's an asshole. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, I'm okay, just Bill is an asshole. That mm-hmm. we leave them because I want to see as little of them as possible. Honestly, I wish mm-hmm. we we're hanging out with Mike talking about the dead people. Um, <laughs> ooh, Eddie, well, you hate the love story more than I do in this, but God. Eddie goes to the pharmacy and he meets his old pharmacist, Mr. Keene. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if Mr. Keene was supposed to be Pennywise in this scene or not. Yep. And I loved that. Yep. He was very creepy. And him not ever actually becoming or, like, us seeing him be Pennywise made it even creepier that he was such a fucked up old man. Because we see him being real fucked up in the first one anyway. And so it, I think it was just him. I don't think Pennywise was doing anything there. Yeah, but especially if both of Eddie's parents died of cancer, using cancer to get to Eddie would have been a brilliant move for Pennywise. And the yeah. tongue thing was uh, real weird, too. But he could yeah. have just been a shitty old pharmacist. He, Yeah, I think he was. In my head, he was, because it makes it creepier. And then he does a little smirk smile thing when he mentions cancer to him. It's just like, wow, holy shit, you're, fuck- you're such a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not where it ends for poor Eddie, unfortunately. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, the leaper guy? Leper. I think leper? Okay, yeah. I, I read the word and I was like, uh, before that, I was like the weird guy with the tongue. That's what I called. <laughs> so leper. Okay. Um, That's similar, at least, to what we see in the first one, right? The thing that yeah. attacks Eddie. Yeah. It's always the most disgusting part of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. But I can't with that tongue. Like, I like his was... fear. But yes, his, his big his fear. Uh, I liked that that was his fear. It was very oh. good and realistic. Yeah. But he hears his mommy calling him from another room. Mm-hmm. She air quote she is tied to a table and there is something coming and his fear is that a hobo will french kiss him (laughs) i mean it's a legit fear yeah i'm scared of that too aren't you (laughs) um the use of angel of the morning which is a great song is so beautiful is that what's playing when the thing is moving towards them that's what's playing when the thing vomits all over his face. Oh, God, right. That was so... Ugh. Like, I think I gagged more than Eddie gags throughout any of the movies. It was so disgusting. There was way too much vomit in this movie for my liking. Yep. Uh, but I enjoy that it was Eddie yelling at it. Fuck yo! And his mouth is open, and then it just... <laughs> I love that Eddie got to have his badass moment. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, because 
he did not have a badass moment where he's when he saw his mommy tied to the table and was trying to help her and then it's like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry and runs away and leaves her there yeah um but he does get badass moments he does i think um I was happy to see a return of Greta Bowie because she was yes. so good in the last movie. Mm-hmm. I thought in the first one that Eddie had a crush on her and it seems more obvious in this one. Yeah. Well, he is panicking to run out of there. Um. Oh, no, wait. You're talking about the baby Eddie scene. Yes. Okay, I was going to talk about another. And I was like, wait, when does it become obvious there? But okay, yes, in the baby Eddie scene, you're right. It very much is more obvious. Because I didn't, I wasn't sure in the first one if he had a crush on her or not. Like, maybe, but also maybe not. Like, maybe it was just, like, awkwardness of there's a girl talking to me. <laughs> no, it really seemed this one like he was interested. Um, he It did. She tells him that her dad says he has a tumor on his dick, and he is so like, no, my dick is okay. Everything is great about my dick. Wait, what did he tell you? No, my dick is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And she's such an asshole, but like, so is her dad, so I'm not surprised at all. (laughs) I still think that she gave him one of the greatest gifts that you could give him. By telling him. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I don't think she meant to help him in any way, but <laughs> maybe people don't mean to help you, and they do. Yeah, uh, I I do think they also did a good job with her being like the older her versus the younger her. Very yeah. well cast, even for a, such a minor role like that. You know, it really was. Yeah. Well. Um. He's trying to get out of the fucking pharmacy and he's panicking so hard that he is trying to push the door open and she's just standing there calmly and like chewing her gum and going, push, not pull, moron. <laughs> so good. Such a small line, but it stood out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know it had to happen because of the book. But there will never be a situation in which Bill getting all hard-eyed over Bev doesn't make me feel shitty and angry. Like, oh. Bev's marriage is basically emotionally done. She left yeah. the ring behind before she even got on the plane. Yeah. So, in my mind, especially because he was abusive and there was nothing good about him, mm-hmm. they were emotionally finished before this. Yeah. Um, Bill is still actual married. Yep. And I don't even give a flying fuck about Audra. I care nothing about her. I'm glad we never see her again. And mm-hmm. I still find it completely unacceptable that he's in there kissing Bev and having this romantic moment with him. It tarnishes his character in my eyes. I agree. Like I'm I'm always super against cheating in any way. I agree that Bev's is a different situation because, again, yes, she ended that before she left. Plus, he was an abusive dickhole. Um, But more than that, I think in this, like, even though I agree with you, in in this scene, I was just like, really? Is this the time to be making out? Is this really the time for you guys to be like, oh, Bill, oh, Bev? Like, no, (laughs) like, that doesn't make any sense for this moment. It clearly isn't the time, though, because while they're making out and I am yelling, boo, (laughs) a possessed bloody skateboard comes driving down the stairs. 
Yep. And they go over to it with a weapon, of course, just in case you need to beat up the skateboard. Yep. And in blood on the bottom, it says, won't be there for him either. And Bill oh. realizes that he has just doomed this child to death. Yeah. And see, it's those moments that make me not hate Bill completely. Like, the thing with Bev sucked. He's an asshole in that way. But I feel so bad for him constantly throughout the movie for those situations. And the biggest part of it coming up soon. I just, like, I can't, I, I hurt too much for him to hate him that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, oh, poor boy. Um, <laughs> these people, even though they know that it's more dangerous when they're apart, even after their tokens are collected, spend the entire movie separate. Um, <laughs> yep. Ben is sure he is convinced Richie to stay. Uh, and yeah, he so he just comes downstairs. On those two kissing, so that's good. Oh, thank goodness um, for that. Mm-hmm. But Richie has actually run away uh, without noticing <laughs> that uh, Henry's car is in the parking lot. Yeah, well, he was freaking out. <laughs> well, even if he re- uh, recognized it, why would he think that that was what was going on? Yeah. I mean, unless the corpse is actually there and able to be seen. <laughs> right? Yeah, that, that would be a little creepy. But he does uh, I, not notice it. I'm just imagining he's running through the parking lot to get to his car, and Corpse Patrick does the like eye tongue thing that <laughs> didn't have him in the first movie. Oh god! No, Richie doesn't need that. Let Richie try to escape. <laughs> um, Richie does escape, but Eddie doesn't. He's in his bathroom talking to himself, and then Henry is behind him and stabs him in the face. This is one of the funniest scenes in the movie. I think my favorite part of it is how shocked and confused he is. He's like, why did you do that? And it's like, you know it's Henry Bowers, then you know why you did that. (laughs) Yeah, it was a great combination, though, of him yelling, why did you do that? And Henry cracking up and, like, Uh losing it even more and being so excited about it. And and then Eddie starts to laugh, too. And it... Uh-huh. Like not only did both both actors do such a great job, but I was laughing so hard that entire scene. He's <sighs> like that stabbing like a hard ass though. He did. And both of them did. I know we haven't talked about the second stabbing just yet, but go ahead. Uh, yes, Eddie goes to hide in the shower behind <laughs> the shower curtain, which doesn't seem at all weird to Henry because he is off his fucking rocker. Yep. Um, Eddie pulls the knife out of his own face and stabs Henry in the gut with it. Yeah, okay. First of all, Henry is like, where'd you go? When he hides behind the curtain. And secondly, he says, give me back my knife. And you know what? Eddie does. So That's true. Very conscientious. <laughs> yeah. And then as Eddie is walking out of the bathroom, he says to Henry, you should cut that mullet. It's been like 30 years, man. And I'm like, seriously, you just can't. Like, you, you just got stabbed in the face. You just that's, stabbed another man. And this is your reaction. I love it. That's the parallel between him and Richie and Don and Adrian from the beginning, where even when Adrian was getting the shit pummeled out of him, he was still just like, like, Ryan wants her wig back. <laughs> yeah. He used to stab me in the face. Well, you should cut your mullet. <laughs> 
which you know i feel like prior to this movie i would have said was a richie trait but apparently it's an eddie trait so cool although eddie does seem a little stunned that he actually stabbed him he does yeah and he comes out of the bathroom and as bev comes over to him he's like is it bad (laughs) i'm like (laughs) and she tries to like push his cheek back together or something and it was wonderful as far as places to be stabbed go it's not one of the worst places true yeah unlike henry who not only gets out of whatever i don't know what story this is second story i think he climbs out of that bathroom with the fucking knife still in his chest like the shower curtain is still on him and then looks up at Ben through the window, blows him a kiss, pulls the knife out, and then goes excitedly to the car yelling, one down, fuck yeah. It's like, you didn't even kill him, though. He walked out. Like, you stabbed him in the cheek. This is the part that annoys me. He yells, one down, fuck yeah, and nobody goes looking for Bill or Mike. Yep. Nope. Like, one down has a meaning, and you're just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> oh. Eddie's okay. <laughs> um, Bill has gotten to the carnival to try and save Dean. And he catches Dean just as he's going into a house of mirrors. And Dean doesn't listen to him because he sounds like a total creep. Yep. Well, okay. I have multiple things to say about these scenes because... Any kind of a maze or, like, room filled with mirrors that's like a maze or anything like that, especially when you add flashing lights, why do people enjoy that? I don't know. It, like, I've been in one, like, haunted house thing. Okay, I've been in two once when I was a kid and I didn't realize what the fuck I was getting myself into. But as an adult, I remember being in one. And none of it was scary. But I didn't like not knowing where the fuck I was or where the fuck I was going because I couldn't see shit. So this whole scene just pissed me off in that way because I was like, no, this is not an enjoyable thing. People need to just stop doing this. So I was like really stupidly angry about that scene because it was still bothering me even though I wasn't there watching lot, it hurt me a lot of people loved this scene i think it even won a few horror movie indie awards like oh this is the best horror movie death well i have feelings about it okay i have feelings about it too because i i believe it was in the in the uh trailer trailer yeah in the trailer for the movie so i had seen that multiple times at least part of it was um, and I've seen the scene itself multiple times, like in the movie. I have like watched it multiple times. It hurts me because, okay, so we should probably talk about what the fuck the scene is, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so Bill is running around in this house of mirrors and trying to find Dean there. And then he finally finds him and runs into many mirrors trying to get to him so that he can protect him from Pennywise and he thinks finally good I've gotten here in time I get to save the boy except he fucking doesn't because they are separated by another mirror and as he's trying to talk to Dean who is just like dude stop following me on the opposite side behind another mirror is Pennywise licking the fucking mirror like a creep like a goddamn snapchat filter (laughs) 
that's all I can think of when I see that scene is just the dog Snapchat filter and yes. it immediately kills everything for that scene for me. It's just like, that's, oh. that's true. I didn't understand why he was licking the fucking, like maybe this kid just smelled really good and he was real hungry. I don't know. I think but, it was off for Bill. I guess so. Ooh, there you go. That's all he wants is just, maybe if he just. Remember how in the first one he was like, leave Bill with me and the rest of you can live and die like normally, like when you're really old? (laughs) Let's be fair though, in this one, he is thirsty as all of us are for Ben. Yeah, 100%. Can you blame him? No. But yeah, this was a hard scene for me to watch because poor Bill is standing there helplessly watching as Pennywise is breaking the mirror that separates him from Dean it from Dean with its head and Bill is trying to punch and kick his own mirror to get to Dean first but obviously he's not able to and he just watches Pennywise eat the child as the child is screaming for help and he is screaming and crying and it was a lot and my feelings hurt real bad here this was the start of me going okay i don't want to watch this fucking movie anymore not because i was scared but because it hurt me well and part of me is like well why aren't you still trying to get to him why are you just standing there watching but Mm -hmm. the other part is like if pennywise probably moved the mirrors anyway yep yep like there was nothing he could do and making bill feel like helpless especially to save a child's life is the worst thing you can do to him. Mm-hmm. And then he makes really, uh, like, other really stupid decisions after that, you know, to stay on his own. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he is left in his grief, though, because Richie is trying to get out of town. Mm-hmm. He and is. he almost makes it until he passes the temple. And they're having a ceremony for Stan, who is recently dead. And uh, I feel like this is the point when I think the movie kind of had a little bit of a misstep. Mm -hmm. On one hand, I think they're trying really hard to set up that Richie had and is continuing to have feelings for Eddie. Mm -hmm. But I also think he's having way more feelings for Stan in this movie. Mm. and they might have meant it more as a brotherly thing but well he was the only one to go to stanley's um i don't know what it's called and i feel awful if i say it the wrong thing thank you bar mitzvah i just didn't want to because there's bar mitzvah and there's bat mitzvah and i don't know which one's which or like what the difference is girl got it okay see and i didn't want to fuck that up and be like insensitive because explaining it makes me less insensitive um or more whatever anyway point is he was the only one that summer that went to stanley's bar mitzvah right he was he also romanced connor who has a lot of physical traits similar to he did yeah and stan coming or not coming and his suicide in general seemed to be the biggest deal to richie in a way that i don't think was brotherly Hmm. and they also showed richie carving the r plus while he was reminiscing about stan's bar mitzvah and they didn't show the second letter yet so i'm like wait what are they saying yeah well 
and Richie is sitting here and basically like it is his decision to stay. I think that's what you were saying anyway, but like the fact that his decision to stay when he was so close to leaving is Stanley. I totally agree that it felt like they were setting up an, a him and Stan thing, not a him and Eddie thing. Especially because I think the way they did it in the first movie was Stan was the one he antagonized the most and Eddie was the one that he had the soft boy moments with. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, Eddie was there and Stan wasn't. So he antagonized Eddie constantly and had all the soft boy moments thinking about Stan. Yep. And I think especially adult Richie was and we'll get there later, but was very, very emotional for Stan. And we don't really see any of that for Eddie this entire time in the movie. And like, Stan's not even fucking there. And he's that, it's that way. So yeah, I agree with you. It like switched, but as we'll see later, it switches back. Oh yeah. Because one of them is here and the other one's dead. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it had to be someone so uh take the easy route (laughs) i feel like the movie if they were trying to go for a brotherly thing which i think they thought they were Mm -hmm. had a few missteps there Mm. maybe he was too emotional maybe he was too reminiscent but they really wanted us to be on the richie and eddie train and in the first movie i was Hey, I still am in this one, but we'll talk about that when we get there. (laughs) I'm still on the train, but I'm not sure Richie was at this point. It's, well, and that's the thing is like in this scene or these few scenes that we've seen so far, I agree with you. It didn't seem like he was. And then so abruptly, he was just like, no, 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 no. It has to be Richie and Eddie. It has to be Richie and Eddie. Stick with that. And it's like. It's like they didn't want to upset the fans who clearly were in love with the Richie Eddie thing. That they didn't want to fuck with that, but they started to and they were like, no, let's give the fans what they want anyway in the end. If Stan had been there, I think the dynamic would have been the same as it was in the first. And Mm -hmm. then it could have been more believable. But because Stan was dead, he couldn't be sitting there making jokes about how short he used to be. and. all that so it had to be that he got the tender moments but because everything about stan and his thing seemed to be so personal and so separate from the others yep it's not what they were going for i think and i will say i'm glad because we get to see stanley's speech which was fucking amazing I wanted to stand up and applaud for his basically mic drop at the end because he says that he's a loser and he always fucking will be, um, which is a fun thing, I'm sure, to say in a church or temple or anything religion related. Um, I enjoyed seeing him stand up for himself after basically a really fucked summer uh-huh. <laughs> or during a really fucked summer. Um And especially having seen in the first movie, like, how awful his dad was to him about the whole bar mitzvah thing. Um, So it was great to see that. But I also liked them using that to show us some other shit that happened for the others throughout, like, when they were children throughout the summer. Um, The scene of Bev 
covering up her dad, who was probably drunk, let's be honest, and asleep on the couch, covering him up with a blanket, kissing her fingers, and then pressing it to his forehead. That was heartbreaking because this child has been so abused by her father, and she loves him still. And they did a really, like, it was such a subtle thing, I think, that they showed us, and it was really important, especially knowing that Beverly grew up to marry a man like him. Yeah. It made it like tied everything together even more and it was just really, really sad to see. It was. We also saw Mike and uh, how people were basically not even really whispering, let's be honest, standing there and openly talking about him and his parents and how his parents set fire to the house or whatever, burned down the house and mm -hmm. Before oh. that, like, the guy that works there is being really nice to Mike, and he's just, like, smiley boy, and then they do that, and he just, like, it's, Mike being on the outside was really clear there, I think. Speaking of which, do you have anything more to say about those flashbacks? I do not. Oh, those are the two things that stood out. Okay. Uh, we go to Mike in the library by mm -hmm. himself, because that's a smart thing to do. Always. Um, a book keeps falling off of the shelf like it's a Scooby-Doo. And <laughs> he finally picks it up and it's open to a news article that says that the fire was started by Mike's parents who were crackheads, along yeah. with charred photos of their corpses. Wonderful, right? <laughs> uh -huh. But I'm going to jump to the end because, spoiler alert, they defeat Pennywise. Maybe. What? <laughs> um, at the end, the article changes and it just says two locals die in electrical fire. Oh. And he says that for 27 years, he's been only seeing what the clown wanted him to see. So is he saying that the article always said the second thing and he saw the first? Or is he saying that the person who initially wrote it was affected by the clown and that all these things are changing back to reality now? Because oh. either way, that's weird. Yeah, it is. Well, I did, though, because I, I don't think they really let Mike's family's story be a thing in the first one. Like, they kind of mentioned it, sort of, but they didn't really go into it at all. And so I think in the first one, I was like, wait, what happened to Mike's family? You know? And in this one, they let us actually kind of see it and get to know what happened to him. And I, I liked that, but yeah, I was, I, I still don't know <laughs> really what happened to Mike's family. I'll be honest. Well, someone set fire to the house. Fire or, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, while he's looking at the book, Henry bum rushes him and tries to kill him. Mm -hmm. uh, while he's trying to force a knife to his neck, he starts taunting Mike about his dead parents. Uh, <laughs> And I quote, can you see them yet? Crisping like fried fucking. And Richie <laughs> saves us from the KFC joke. <laughs> it was so good, though. I love that because that is the asshole that we got to see of Henry as a child. And I'm so glad that he was still that asshole as an adult. Yeah, you're so glad he's still racist. <laughs> Such a racist motherfucker. Well, I mean... I am, though, because that's who the character was supposed to be. Like, I'm not glad that racism exists. I'm just glad that he still was. You know what I mean? Like, he, he didn't lose that. He maintained who Henry Bowers was, even though yes. he was insane. Exactly. Yeah. 
Like, um, I'm still racist. I might be completely fucking crazy, but I'm also racist. <laughs> Richie stabs Henry in the back of the oh. head, which wouldn't have been my choice for locations to stab somebody because it is probably very crispy to get the knife through the oh. skull like that. Don't say crispy oh. after what that thing we just, the whole conversation we had. But... He stabs him, makes a completely awful <sighs> joke, and then immediately stress pukes. Yep. The awful joke is, guess you can say that was long overdue. Get it? Because we're in a, and he doesn't get to say library because that's when he vomits and it was beautiful. Not the vomit, I, but the joke. <laughs> I love that, though. The stress vomiting makes him more than just a pun machine. Yeah. Well, I also enjoy that um, the rest of them get in there and Ben asks if Mike is all right, but he doesn't say his name. He just says, are you all right? And Richie says, no, I'm not all right. I just killed a guy. And Ben's like, I was talking to Mike. It's like, you maybe don't say that though, Ben. You're supposed to be the nice one. Maybe make Richie think that you're also referring to him if he's all right. Because yeah, he just killed a guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, but Mike has been stabbed. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. their priority but list. Yeah, maybe just go, oh, I'm glad. How about you, Mike? Are you all right, too? Like, you don't have to tell him you don't give a shit about if he's okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, they get a phone call from Bill. And since the rest of this movie, them being separate has been such a great idea. And <laughs> the last movie, him deciding to go to Nebolt by himself was such a great idea. Uh, he yeah. decides to go to Nebolt himself again. And I wrote a quote, uh, not a quote, but I wrote a note, and I'm going to quote it. I wrote, Bill deciding to go fight Pennywise alone is very stupid boy. That is my quote. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yes, he goes there. Mm -hmm. All of our other idiots have decided that even though they've been splitting up the rest of this entire movie, it's an awful time for Bill to keep the trend alive, so they just follow him there. Yeah, and then Bill gets to make a similar type speech to the first movie that he did. That was a backward sentence, but you know what I mean. He's standing there on the steps making a speech to the rest of the losers. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened in the first one as well. It is. And then he tells Richie, or he says that Richie said it best last time they were here, once they all agreed that they're all going to go in there together because Bill tries to convince them not to come because he doesn't want them dying because of him. And they're like, yeah, fuck you, we're coming anyway. And then Richie goes through a list of things that he said last time he was here. And I'm like, okay, you know, for somebody who's just starting to remember what the fuck is going on, you really remember. It's like you just watched that movie and you now know exactly the things that you said in that movie because nobody remembers every line they ever said from when they were fucking 12 or whatever. <laughs> But the line he's looking for is, let's kill this fucking clown. And you know what? I agree. Let's kill this fucking clown. It's been like two hours. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm ready to, but it doesn't happen. They go nope. in and immediately uh, they go into separate rooms because they didn't learn their lesson last time. Because mm -hmm. going into separate rooms in this house is stupid. It is, but before they go into separate rooms, this is where Beverly beep beeps Richie, and all Richie says is, I love what he's done with the place. It's like, I don't feel like that was the right use of beep beep. Even if you were no. just going to randomly throw it in there, that was the stupidest time to do it. He has said such awful things. Yeah, there were <laughs> way better times, and yeah. it's, I feel like they were just like, oh, well, we'll establish it. It'll make sense, but then it still doesn't. Nope. Um, but yeah, they separate. Because smart boys and girl, sorry, small smart 
people. <laughs> the door locks behind them and mm-hmm. they can't get in or out. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike, Ben, and Beverly are in one room. Richie, Eddie, and Bill are in another room. And I want to go back to the last review because I just, I said, I hate when they separate like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, you, you know what, though? I feel like that was kind of a callback to the first movie because those three were the ones that went in uh, to the house um, and the others were the ones that stayed out. And the I think the refrigerator scene started off with those three because Eddie was hurt on the because uh, he had fallen through the ceiling and broken his arm. And then Richie and Bill got to him and the refrigerator opened up and you remember oh, Pennywise crawling Pennywise. out? came out only with Eddie there. Oh, that's right. He came out, but then they joined him. And I don't remember if the others also joined him at the same time or if it was still after. Still later. Yeah. So I think it was a callback to that. I still agree with you. Shitty I, thing to do, but. <laughs> I don't think it was a callback to that. I think it was a, these people are the people that have to be there yeah. because Stan's body is in a fridge. Mm-hmm folded up the way Pennywise was in the fridge. But all I could think of about the position was put your head between your legs and kiss your ass. So awful. But then Stan's head falls off and pulls a Toy Story (sighs) one with spider legs coming out of his eyeballs and temples. Yeah, why not? Real juicy, real gross. Real gross. Also reminded me of Evil Dead. Oh god. Um, there shouldn't be that many comparisons to Evil Dead, for fuck's sake. But I was complaining in the last movie that those three and Stan were like this core group of four that the others couldn't really get into. Mm-hmm. So for it to be Stan's corpse that's taunting them, it makes perfect sense that the ones he was friends with the longest would be the three that are being taunted with it. That's true, yeah. And well, Stan... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Stan also says, says a really heartbreaking line for Bill here. So it had to be Bill, if not the other two. Because he tells him, I'd still be alive if it wasn't for you. It had to be Bill because of that. It had to be Richie because Richie was the most affected by Stan's death. Mm-hmm. And I think it had to be Eddie because Eddie had to be the afraid one there. Yeah. Because Eddie was completely brave with Henry. They mm-hmm. needed to make him scared again. Yep. And they did so in a really awful way. Yeah. Because, yeah, we have, I think this, because this part, like, the scenes go back and forth between the three in one room and the three in the other room. Or four, I guess, if you count Stan's head on a spider. Um, which, by the way, Terrified of Spiders, hated it. But... Loved uh, it. Yeah. It was ridiculous i also enjoy that richie's reaction was a stunned it's stan and then it attacks him (laughs) yeah um later on though it is hiding in the rafters as eddie is terrified and in the corner Mm -hmm. and then they're trying to well he's trying to comfort eddie because they don't see where stan has gone and Mm -hmm. then like drip saliva they flash the light up and then he goes oh there he is (laughs) so good yeah Yeah. uh Wyatt Olaf is a great actor I know I said that earlier but his maniacal laughter as the spider thingy was wonderful (laughs) um 
but I also think there's a whole mix of things that happen in this scene that break my heart for Richie because like we were talking about for probably 20 minutes of this episode Richie clearly was had some feelings for Sam we'll leave it at that we don't have to decide what those feelings were we don't have to decide if it was more for Sam or for more for Eddie but he had feelings for both these boys yes he was either in love with him is like romantically or you are my brother and I love you to death Huh. Sorry. <laughs> but he but had yes. very deep feelings for him either way. Yeah. And so in this scene, the spider with Stan's head on it attacks him and almost kills him. And is as if that's not hard enough, as Bill is trying to pull, like, he's basically barely holding the spider thingy. Okay, he's barely holding it away from Richie's face. And is yelling at Eddie to grab, I believe it's a knife on the ground, to grab that so that he can, like, kill it or get it off of Richie and save his life. And Eddie cannot move to help Richie. So here's his brother slash love of his life attacking his face and the other love of his life unable to move to save his fucking life. This is Richie's life. Attacking his face in a bad way. In a bad way, yes. I don't think he'd be asking for anybody's help if it was in a good way. Although, I mean, Stan's dead, so maybe, still. Um, This is the real thing for Richie, though. Like, we always see, oh, well, Richie's fears. And it's like, oh, well, Richie's afraid of clowns. No, he's not. Richie's afraid of Paul Bunyan. No, he's not. (laughs) No, he's not. Richie is afraid when Pennywise turns himself into the people Richie loves to hurt him. Yep. Yep. And he does that with both of these. So maybe he was both of these, both of the boys, like Eddie and Stan. So maybe he was in love with both of them. Hey, polyamory is in. It's 2020. <laughs> I didn't know it was in, but you know, do you? I mean, he, mm, I won't spoiler it, but um, <laughs> I mean, Stan's dead, so he can't. Um, <laughs> um, spoiler it. We're talking. About, okay. Anyway, I, I gotta I- say. Uh, really quickly about the Ben scene. Okay, well, the other three's scene, but Ben's stomach is being carved into. And I'm a horrible fucking person, but I was just like, "Mm, yeah, show me more of his abs. It's like this poor boy is sitting there screaming in pain, and I'm like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm. The thing is, I think Pennywise is too, because he's giving us what we wanted, a gratuitous abs slash upper groin shot. Yeah, and he's just like carving poetry into Ben's stomach and <laughs> petting his hair. Yep. Oh, thirsty. So yeah. thirsty. Very thirsty. Yeah, but then after all of that, Ben gets to be the badass that actually saves Richie's life because he comes out and stabs the Stan head a million times. I mean, you know, you can never be too sure. But like, he was just that was a horrifying experience for him and painful even if the scars aren't still there afterwards you know he was still in pain while it was happening uh vengeance is mighty yeah i enjoy him doing bad like bad badass not bad things badass things i think my (laughs) favorite thing about the fridge though is when it starts shaking richie goes oh that can't be good can it like what's it gonna (laughs) be like gonna pop open and it's gonna be like a kitty (laughs) 
Well, he did want it to be a puppy at some point. A Pomeranian. Pomeranian, yep. And you know what? I bet he was eating his words later. <laughs> we'll get there, too. We will. Um, Stan is defeated. Boo. And they go down into the sewer. Mm-hmm. Um, the old boob lady, Mrs. Kirsch, takes Bev, <laughs> and everyone goes down to get her except Eddie. Yeah. Which makes Eddie the stan of this movie. Because yep. this would be the perfect time for Pennywise to take Eddie. It really would have, but I guess and he didn't it didn't want Eddie. <laughs> we know it can do two at a time. It's been being Patrick for days while <laughs> it's yeah. still fucking with them. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, but doesn't want Eddie. Eddie doesn't taste good, maybe? I don't know. Maybe lots of pills. Don't help. True. Um, <laughs> Mike starts chanting a Native American poem about Pennywise being underneath a glowy red sewer grate underground. Uh-huh. And it's amazing how a poem written in another, in another language somehow perfectly rhymes in English. Yep. Why not? <laughs> oh, is this when they look up and they see the deadlights, by the way? Is that the scene no. that he's doing that in? Or is it after that? No, it's after that. It, okay. This is the, they're all going into the room with the deadlights, and Eddie doesn't want to go in, and he oh. and Richie have a moment oh, where they fight right. over his inhaler, including, let go, you little turd. <laughs> I love that. I love his little pep talk, too, because he talks him up so much. He's just like, even though he's an asshole at a certain point with it, but he's just like, Who's the one who defeated a clown? Well, I mean, they, and they didn't defeat it, but um, who's the one that beat a clown when he was before he was fourteen? Me. Who's the one that did this? And then there's the whole thing about his wife being fat, basically. <laughs> and that was apparently that still helped Eddie because <laughs> he well, he was ready then. Although actually, he was almost ready then. And then Bev completely treated him like a child and said, "Here, take this. It kills monsters if you believe it does." I'm like, is he ten? What the fuck? The thing you is, know what? Though, comes back later. Out later, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the belief thing isn't so childish. Mm. No, no, it still is. <laughs> they get into the room with the glowy lights, and they set down their leather box thing, and they're doing the burning of to- tokens, which was pretty boring to me. Uh, okay. But- when they see the opening to the deadlights, Bill says something about what is that? And my reaction was apparently that's a vagina, a really, really giant vagina that has lights inside of it. You're welcome, Bill. Um, that's what you get to look into. That is kind of what Pennywise's head looks like. I mean, China, Audrey, too. Uh, Barbara <laughs> from Beetlejuice when she pulls her. Oh bird mouth open oh god yes (laughs) um Uh, the only thing i enjoyed about the tokens was richie and eddie bickering over which items would burn slower yes (laughs) and then eddie saying that's not gonna burn either about the the rock that um mike brought which Mm -hmm. that was that was sentimental i can't imagine that mike had actually gone back picked that up and saved it afterwards because they threw it at fucking henry but you know yeah and then he he just went back to that area by himself where he had seen pennywise eating a child in the first Mm -hmm. movie Um, 
it's just to search through the rocks and find a bloody one. And yep. keep it, not knowing that it meant something. Yep. Sounds um, legit. <laughs> this is when I start to wonder, though. Why does Pennywise want them to have their tokens? I don't know. Because some of them already had them. But mm-hmm. Bill only even gets his because Pennywise literally handed it to him. Yep. <laughs> I would understand that if the ritual did something else. Like, for example, the 27-year sleep schedule, one-year feed schedule had been like a Native American curse to mitigate the damage of it. Mm-hmm. But the only way to kill it for good is to unbind it and make it free so then you can kill it. Right. It would make some kind of sense as to why they would want to do the ritual and to why Pennywise would have wanted them to do the ritual. Right. But this way, it just kind of gave them the tokens, and I don't understand why. Yeah, like, it was literally just so we can get those flashbacks and so he could have taunted them in those not even just in those flashbacks, but as they went, for example, Bev went back to her house and that was a terrifying experience for her. So maybe it was just like, I'm trying to build up the fear in you over again. For why? I don't know. He had, Pennywise clearly isn't trying to eat these motherfuckers anyway. So what, why this entire movie? That's what I want to know. (laughs) Even if it wanted to build up the fear, why not give Bill not his token? Why give him some, why not give him a raincoat or anything else? Yeah. Um, whatever, though. They didn't <laughs> thought into it. Clearly, I did. Um, you did, yeah. The ritual of do. Jude seems a little evil. Like, mm-hmm. you're burning items that are significant to you, and then you are chanting, turn light into dark, which is usually yeah. the opposite of what opposite. you want to say. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily work because a giant balloon comes out <laughs> first and then Pennywise is like, boo. <laughs> yep. That's his thing. That's his catchphrase. He's fun sometimes. He I, is. I kind of miss float. He doesn't float as much this time. I actually think when he um gets, when the old lady version of Pennywise <laughs> um gets uh Beverly in the water, it like I think it says time to sink, and I'm like, yes. that's not your thing, motherfucker. <laughs> that's a pun. Yeah, um, it's fun. Uh-huh. Pennywise outs Mike for being a goddamn liar because the <laughs> ritual was all a gazebo. <laughs> so- I love that so much too. And you know what? Pennywise is always watching, literally, even in the pharmacy and at Eddie's house, perhaps, when he's calling them gazebos. It's like, oh, Pennywise was there for all of that. Pennywise probably yeah. enjoyed that so much. Like, ha, Eddie said gazebo. It. Yeah, it was probably really funny, as much as funny as it was to us. <laughs> and I, what I liked is earlier, Mike's like, yeah, but he doesn't know that I know what I know. It's like, yes, he does. He clearly yep. knows. Yep. Um, but between drugging Bill and lying about the ritual, Mike is not at all trustworthy in this movie, and I kind mm-hmm. of love that. Mm-hmm. Like, he went so crazy that he thought that lying to them and gaslighting them was an acceptable cost to potentially make this work. And it yep. brings something to Mike that Mike needed. It, it really does. Like, it, he became an actual person. I feel like in the in the miniseries, adult Mike was just kind of the person telling us things. 
not so much a person with us with an actual personality and a story and all that and in this one they did a way better job because I don't think baby Mike ever had a story no like he was just kind of that kid over there and they did a good job with this part of it at least he was crazy and we needed some crazy in this group and untrustworthy like you said yes um the losers wind up getting split up and sent into alternate timelines or possibly realities or possibly hallucinations. Uh-huh. I kind of loved it in varying degrees. I did too. Bills was amazing. It really was. Because he ends up underwater, right? And then swims up into his basement? Yes. Yeah. He meets both Georgie again and himself. Yep. And all three of the actors in this scene do so great. Yep. It was a... See, I, I think Bill's scenes, with the exception of one motherfucking scene that we'll get to, um, <laughs> were so hard for me to watch. Like, they, like, he constantly was the most heartbreaking character for me in this movie through, like, throughout it multiple times. Because... That scene, not only is he standing there watching himself as a child, blaming himself for his little brother's death, and then, like, trying to convince himself, I guess, out of that, but he's also there seeing Georgie, and then it's, instead of Pennywise's hand holding Georgie like a puppet, it's him holding Georgie as a puppet, and it was all really fucking heartbreaking to watch. It was, we find out that he feels so responsible because he was only faking sick that day. He didn't want to come out and play. Yeah. So George starts yelling, you lied and I died. And that kid is really good at just yelling (laughs) one thing aggressively louder and angry. (laughs) Sounds like a weird compliment to give, but it's the same thing he said in the last movie and it was the best of him. It really was. I agree. Uh, and then he, okay, there's three three people in this. Older Bill has to drown Georgie, and that was a lot. It kind of reminded me of in the first movie when Bill like shoots Georgie in the head. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a retread, but I enjoyed it. I think me it too. worked just mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. It did. And then he talks to himself as a child, telling himself, you were the best big brother ever. It wasn't your fault. And this is probably Jane Martell's best acting that I've seen anyway. I haven't seen him in any other movies. <laughs> um, but throughout these movies, with his laughter and then his body bending all weird, like when, like, there's a lot of shooting <laughs> of yeah. himself and Georgie. Yeah, older movies. Bill shoots younger Bill in the head the way he had shot Georgie in the first movie. Yep, and that body bend is so fucking weird. Like, how did you how did you do that? <laughs> it very much did call back to the Pennywise, Bill Skarsgård's mm. Pennywise body mm. bends. Yep, it did. And I also think it worked really well that he was comforting the younger him while he was raising the gun to shoot him. Yeah. It was, it's all a really, like, a major mindfuck, basically. Yeah. Um, 
unfortunately, Bev and Ben's hallucinations were not that good. No. They were kind of just like, well, we need something for them, too. Yeah, but they weren't cerebral at all. Mm-mm. I don't think Ben's meant anything. Bev's did. It was the bathroom and the people that tormented her were all out there <laughs> saying disgusting things to her and that freaking shopkeeper, the oh, one. Yeah. The only one that didn't make sense but made me laugh was when Henry opened the door and said, here's Johnny. And I was like, but why though? <laughs> like, I know what it's a reference to. I just didn't understand why Henry would have been saying that. Because funny. Yeah. <sighs> but um, yeah, it, it the bathroom made sense. The blood filling up in the bathroom made sense for Bev and all of that. period reference and the bathroom full of blood. Yeah. Yep. But it still wasn't, I guess comparatively to the others, it wasn't as good, but it definitely wasn't the worst. Because I agree, Ben's was just, I didn't get it. Ben was just being buried alive in dirt, which meant nothing to him at Mm -hmm. all. Yeah, okay, because they said something about how, or Pennywise says something to Ben about how he's always been afraid that he was, or he's always known that he was going to die alone. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that felt like it was a little more close to Richie's fear in the first movie than Ben's. Like, I know he was the new kid and he didn't think he was going to have friends, blah, blah, blah. But this was really long after all of that when he did have friends already, you know? So it didn't make that much sense to me. I think the problem is in 1990, they set up how important the friendship thing was to Ben and how much it meant to him and how shocked he was that these people wanted to be a we with him. Mm -hmm. And in this one, the second he started hanging out with them, they were thick as thieves immediately. So he didn't question that. Yeah. Whereas at least with Richie, I could have bought it. If it was Richie that this was happening to, I could have bought it because he was afraid of people forgetting him. Yeah. And so that could make sense for him being afraid of being like dying alone. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he gets buried in the clubhouse. Yep. Almost. Almost. (laughs) They end up hearing each other and reaching out for each other. I love you, Beverly. Okay, Okay, I... It was pathetic as fuck, and Bev reacting the way she did with the sudden, oh my god, it's you, I love you, was really stupid, but I still was happy with them as they come together, probably because I wanted baby Ben to have it, and also abs. <laughs> I wanted baby Ben to have it, but mm. she is not interested in Ben. Mm-mm. She hasn't been interested in Ben through the entire movie. Like, she mm. legitimately only wants him because he wrote the poem and he said, I love you. And it feels kind of gross. Like, yeah. it feels like she's an abused woman who's settling for a man that she knows loves her and will never hurt her. And you know what? I can't even blame her for it. I don't like the idea, but I can't blame her for it because abuse does things, especially in this moment when they're already terrified anyway. And she clearly loves these boys to death, all of them. Um, And it's not fair for her to be with him if he doesn't, she doesn't love him back. But sometimes they say sometimes love grows. Yeah, it does. (laughs) But I think they set up both in uh, 2017 and in this movie, the bill thing, 
so they wrote themselves into a corner with it and yeah. there was never like a middle moment after she and bill had that kiss where it was like and i realized after that that it wasn't bill yeah no it's just like she is head over ass with bill and bill is head over ass with her and then all of a sudden it's ben and it's always been yeah. ben. maybe she was just head over ass for the poem and that's really all that mattered to her and it was like okay i don't care who wrote it it could have been eddie that wrote it it could have been richie that wrote it i don't care <laughs> um, I mean, any maybe. which way you ask or you tell me <laughs> Speaking of Richie, they wind up in a place with doors, he and Eddie. Yep. Why did they get to hang out together? Because we want them to. Fuck off. No. Because they have to build the, like, Richie's in love with Eddie thing, damn it. And if you don't put them in scenes together, then we can't build it. (laughs) Not that they build it with these scenes or anything. But Richie has been in this situation before with Bill. Yes. And so he's like, oh, fuck me, basically. And Eddie has no idea, because he wasn't there for it. No, but, but Richie seem- knows exactly what to do. Yeah, because they have the three doors again, very scary, scary, and not scary at all. And he says, okay, no, he's picking, fucking with us, and it's, he's picking with us. He's fucking with us. They're, the doors are flipped, so we're not going for not scary at all, like Eddie says they should. We're going with very scary, because he's just fucking with us. And I loved all of the come comebacks, callbacks here. Because I love the door thing. I love that Richie was clearly wrong. <laughs> obviously. Um, and I love the lower half of that girl's body. I don't remember her name Anyways, right now. Betty rips up the sodium. Betty rips up. <laughs> yes. She's like, where's my shoe? And then she is tap dancing. Well, just her lower half is anyway. The lower half of her body says, where's my shoe? Yes. It's so fucking good, though. I enjoyed that thoroughly. That callback was great because they found the upper half of her body in the first time. So here's the rest of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they decide to go with, he's like, okay, he's not fucking with us. So let's go with like the scariest one. Uh, or no, the not so scary one. Sorry, I'm mixing them up now. And then there's the puppy you asked for. I don't think it's actually a Pomeranian. Maybe it was. I'm not entirely sure. But it is an adorable little fucking puppy. It is so cute. It's a ball of hair with a face on it. It's such a cute face and a cute ball of hair, damn it. I'm, this is going to be the whole podcast. It's going to just be every time there's a child, he's so cute, she's so cute. Every time there's Doug, it's so cute. And you're just like, okay, fine, move on. <laughs> but Richie got his puppy. He did, until it became not a puppy at all anymore. Yeah, before that, though, they they got to make the puppy sit. Actually, no, first Richie yelled at it about how it wasn't fooling him, and he called it a bitch. (laughs) And then they got the puppy to sit, and then it turned into the creepy werewolf, maybe? I'm not sure. It was one of those fortune cookie abomination type things. I don't know what it became. Uh, yeah, but then when they ran away from it, I don't know which one was which, and I'm hoping you do so you can tell me. But one of them says, next time we just go with regular scary. And the other says, next time. And I couldn't tell which of them was which one. I don't remember, but yeah, next time, apparently. <laughs> no, to be fair, there could be a next time. There was a next time last time. <laughs> That's true. Yep. <laughs> 
Um, they all get back into the same room with Pennywise, and mm-hmm. he's menacing Mike. Uh-huh. And Richie comes in <laughs> after Bill saves Mike, because Mike is completely just like, I give up now. I've lost everything. My friends don't trust me. Take yep. my body and kill me. Yep. And they are not happy with that, obviously. No. Um, well, Richie gets into the room and yells to Pennywise, want to play truth or dare? Here's the truth. You're a sloppy bitch. <laughs> I love the callback to the rock fight because he throws a rock at Pennywise. And I love yeah. even that this line means absolutely nothing. And he's just being a dick. He is. Well, he starts the line with, hey, fuck face and ends it with, let's dance. yippee ki yay motherfucker. And then he doesn't get to finish the word. But... <laughs> Which is bad. It's a good reference. It is. And also, that is also good acting. His body goes limp in a really fucked up way. And it's so sudden after he's just screaming insults at Pennywise. And it's so fucking good. It is. Um, in this one, unlike 1990, mm. uh our boys and girl are smarter, so a bunch of other people don't rush up to him and immediately look into the light. Yeah, luckily. Um, Eddie looks at his spear and reminds himself that it kills monsters <laughs> if he believes in it, but mm-hmm. apparently he didn't believe hard enough because Aww. he speared Pennywise, and Pennywise put on a performance that was as shitty as Pennywise's dying performance as they ran out of the caverns last time. Yep. It legitimately felt like overblown stage acting. I don't know why they bought it. I don't either, but I do enjoy that Eddie finished kind of what Richie was saying a little bit. Because he says, beep, beep, motherfucker. And I still don't get the beep, beep thing being used. But motherfucker. He got to say it because Richie didn't. <laughs> he did. And he was, like, psyching himself up. But it's just like, yeah. why would the body still be floating if Pennywise was dead? Use your noggins, kids. Yeah. Yeah. No, they can't. Uh, well, Eddie especially can't because he gets impaled. He's <sighs> bragging to Richie about how he really thinks he killed it, and he just gets impaled and <sighs> starts spitting black goo all over Richie, like Eddie did in the mattress from the yep. And here is where they basically made me go, I'm done with the movie, thank you very much. It's been fun, goodbye. <laughs> I mean, I kept watching. Twice. Aww. My heart broke so hard for this because Eddie needed that. Eddie froze and didn't get to help Richie. And then he finally did. Like, he saved his life. And then he died for him. And my God. Okay, if this was fucking Supernatural, the show, Richie is Dean fucking Winchester. Everybody he loves gets taken from him. It is the saddest thing. Like, why? And he, like, it's just all of the goo and blood and stuff of Eddie is just all over his glasses as he's laying there like, oh, God, what just happened? Uh, They get Eddie out of the realm of Pennywise, and he says, oh, no, I figured out now how to kill it. (laughs) Um, A little late. Maybe you should figure it out before. But <laughs> they basically wind up just bullying Pennywise to death. 
Oh, and it's ridiculous. Um, it's questionable why it never worked before. Mm-hmm. Because they're yelling things like, you're just an old woman. And Pennywise turns into an old woman. But mm-hmm. when Richie yelled, you're a sloppy bitch, why didn't he turn into a sloppy bitch? <laughs> well, what would that fucking look like? Maybe you're already a sloppy bitch. There you go. <laughs> if the argument is that Pennywise, it, not Pennywise, has mm-hmm. to abide by the laws of the creature it inhabits. Mm-hmm. So if it's an old woman, then it has to abide by the physical limitations of an old woman. Right. But we're already proven wrong by that because in the first movie, it was a clown and it didn't have to abide by the laws of a clown. Bev stabbed it in the head and it's still going. That's true. No, don't think too hard about this movie. <laughs> yeah. I just enjoy that Pennywise is yelling, I am the eater of worlds. It's like, okay, well, that's a line. Um, I also enjoyed even more than that, that Ben, who I'm not sure we've heard heard curse a whole lot at the very least throughout these movies, keeps calling Pennywise a motherfucking clown and you're a motherfucking this and you're a motherfucking... And I'm like, yes, yes. I don't know why you're like this worked up, more worked up than the rest of them. Like, I'm not surprised that you're worked up, but like more worked up than the rest of them that you're just cussing this thing out, but I enjoy it. Keep at it. (laughs) It was so fun for me. I don't know why. Uh, ben is a gentle soul, and he got to have his day. Yeah, he gets but, got to be a badass multiple ways. Yeah, but the idea of forcing it to abide by the laws of the physics of the creature and it habits is smart. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. making it small physically, so they could kill it, like crawling into a very small corridor, made sense. Making it feel small emotionally by calling it a pansy-ass bitch until it died was stupid. It was. That thing that it turned into, whatever that tiny little version of Pennywise was, was so ridiculous. It felt exactly like I felt in the first one. Like... When I'm just sitting there like, oh, no, this is falling down. That's falling down. I so believe that this is really happening. You really beat him. (laughs) He turns into a little baby and does like a little speechy thing. And then they kill him and everything, the house, the sewers, the standpipe, everything starts breaking and they buy it. I don't buy it because when you kill something, it doesn't go on a 20 minute, oh, what a world, what a world, I'm melting. <laughs> no, I'm not know? dead yet. I have another 30 <laughs> seconds of, oh, tell my daughter I love her. <laughs> oh, it should have done that. It's like in the mask. Jim Carrey, as the mask character, or is it? Yeah, does a whole speech of like, dying and coughing and saying all that kind of shit i don't remember the specifics because i haven't seen the movie in a while but that's what you just reminded me of and that's what pennywise should have done that's what what he did reminds me of just Mm -hmm. like everything falling apart feels like a performance and not like he's actually dead yep um maybe they're gonna make a third one yeah when they're 70 (laughs) (laughs) but they kill it 
by taking its heart out and smushing it in all of their combined hands. That Sorry. was fun. <laughs> but yeah, it was stupid, and I don't buy it either. Especially because I think all of doesn't doesn't his Pennywise's face start like falling apart and floating again, like the last time, and then turning into dust. Yes. Yeah, it's like that's what happened last time. Guess what? He wasn't dead then. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they're very excited. They're excited until the building starts falling apart and they go to find Eddie and Eddie's super dead. But <laughs> everything is falling apart really fast, so they have to leave his corpse behind. And Richie does not want. Richie does not want. Richie thinks they can save him and get him out of there and they have to take him with him and he won't let go of the corpse. And they literally, I believe two of them, I don't remember which two, have to literally drag him out. And I can't with this fucking shit. Fuck you, movie. (laughs) Fuck you, world. Fuck everyone and everything. Leave Richie alone. I cried so hard. You have no idea. Villa Hader did a really great job, both with that scene and with when they're cleaning themselves off. Yes. In the place where they had done the cliff diving earlier. He's just crying so quietly, and it's so great. And they're all surprised by it, too, because they're all sitting there, well, floating there in the water, I guess, um, talking about how Eddie would have hated this, us cleaning ourselves in the dirty water, but he would have made us laugh. And they kind of expect, I think, Richie to add to that something assholey about Eddie, and Richie just starts to sob. And it I hurt. believed it from him. I did, too. Oh, And I enjoy that he after he is crying and they all come and like comfort him he says thank you i don't have my glasses on so i don't know who you people are but thank you it was very him but this boy is broken yeah he tells them that he dropped his glasses so they all go looking for them Mm -hmm. but he didn't drop his glasses he just wanted them to stop touching him and looking at him and expecting him to entertain them yep of course, Ben and Bev have to have their schmooshy underwater kiss, and I feel nothing, and I don't want it. I'm still happy they're together, because I'd rather them be together than her be with Bill. But, but I mean, you know, she could also just end it up on her own, but, you know, give the abs whatever he wants. Um, <laughs> Underwater kissing always is romanticized in movies and TV shows, or often, I should say. I can't imagine it is romantic. I don't want you to press your mouth against my mouth underwater. I'm trying to not die as is because I am under fucking water. Especially considering <sighs> what's in that water. Ew, yeah. <laughs> gross. It was really gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm glad the movie ended with Our Losers. Unlike mm-hmm. in 1990 when it ended with Bill and his stupid wife. Yes. But it ends on Stan's wife sending them Stan's suicide note, and I yeah. hated the note. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't. I didn't particularly hate the note. I liked that a couple of things. Leading up to that, we get to see them see themselves in the mirror as baby them, um, fighting about, like, after they had escaped originally in the 2017 movie. Um... Uh, and Eddie's a mess and he's talking about how his mom's going to kill him. And the, and they're like, 
I think Richie says something about how he sm- he smells like his mom's slippers. And then Eddie tries to defend his mom's slippers by saying they smell like potpourri. It's like, and he says to them, like, how would you know what her slippers smell like anyway? It's like, how do you know, Eddie? You shouldn't know what your mom's slippers smell like. Um, But leading up to the letter, I do enjoy that they continued on with the Mike Bill friendship that we see throughout the film. Because I don't remember seeing that at all in the first one or in the like 90, the miniseries. But he's calling to check on him, and, like, he's the one who tells him, like, oh, have you seen the letter, blah, blah, blah. And he wants to stay on the phone and read the letter with Mike there, because I feel like Bill knows something fucked is about to happen. And it also is a callback, to because I don't think they did a good enough job of showing us Bill being hurt over Stan's death, or, like, before, you know, and him getting the letter and just breaking down really did it and I so I was glad for the letter for that reason I'll that, say it that was way. kind of a misstep for me too though for them to have that big moment from Stan to Bill and then not show Bill reacting that much mm-hmm. I, I mean I guess sometimes friendships are more one-sided but it really felt one-sided yeah but Stan explains in his suicide note via voiceover Mm-hmm. That he killed himself because apparently he figured out Pennywise's whole deal beforehand and that they <laughs> if they weren't united, they'd lose. And instead of telling them about <laughs> it, he just decided to heroically suicide. It <laughs> felt really out of character for Stan. It did, yeah. And also having Andy Bean look directly into the fucking camera and go, did it work? <laughs> that was so cheesy. Fuck you. <laughs> Not you, Andy Bean. Um. Yeah, I got that. Um, like, I think they, that the letter did more for the kids than it did for the adults for me. Like, because at the end, they're, it, it was cheesy as all hell, but they're doing their, like, one word thing of basically, like, it still stands letter, but they're all speaking it, I guess. I don't know. Um, and they're saying how basically we're losers and we'll always be losers and blah 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 all that kind of stuff and I liked that for them as a group because I think you said this earlier of how the losers together were really powerful and important and their friendship was great and all that kind of stuff something along those lines you didn't say those exact words obviously but (laughs) yeah um and so I, I liked that it kind of wrapped up with that in the letter uh I think it was also during the letter that we see Richie going back to the bridge that he had carved our plus into. And this would have been a really, 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 I can't stress enough times, really good time for them to have continued on with the Richie Stan thing. Because it is Richie's, I mean, Stan's letter and his voiceover to all of them, because it was the same letter to all of them, because it said, Dear Losers. Mm Mm-hmm. And instead of Richie finishing the carving with R plus S, it is R plus E that he is recarving into the bridge because it has faded. Yeah, well, he carved it when he was a child, and apparently when he was a child, he was in love with Eddie. And you know what? I buy it, especially in the scene in that house where it was like, your arm is broken and we're going to die. Just look at my face. Look at my face. Yep. Except I don't buy that adult Richie is look at my facing with Eddie. No. He gives him that little pep talk, but even that didn't feel very like, 
I'm in love with you. It just felt like we're friends and I'm doing this buck up soldier. Yeah. But you know what? The fans wanted Richie and Eddie and you know what? So did I. I just would have liked for them to have set it up better instead of Richie being the one that's like, yeah, Stan's the greatest and I miss Stan so much and Stan means a lot to me. Why couldn't that have gone to Eddie or Bill or... Literally any of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't know what why they like seesawed about it. It didn't make any sense. It didn't, but you know what? Whatever. <laughs> they did it, and that's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie had too many fucking jump scares for me. Like, oh, as in they scared you? No, okay. I think. <laughs> no, it's just moments that were supposed to make you jump, where they did a bar and then something oh, happened. Yeah. I think they paid off most of the time. There weren't any, like, bird hits the window jump scares, but if everything's a jump scare, nothing's a jump scare. Yeah. I think the first one did it just right, and yeah, this one overdid it. Yeah. Because they even got me with a jump scare in the first one, if you'll remember. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a jump scare person. I'm I'm the biggest pussy in the world, but I jump scares don't usually get me, so. <laughs> uh, do you want to hear my rewrite of the movie that I think would make it way better? I would especially like to hear if in your rewrite of the movie, you have decided how to make the Richie Eddie or the Richie Stan thing more (laughs) of a big deal. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Oh, cool. Okay, go ahead. What I found most interesting in these films about it is that they reference the human iterations a lot. Bob Gray sends Henry the package in chapter one, and there's an original human Pennywise who is not named, but he makes an appearance. Like, it itself is not a person. It's an alien entity that came down on a meteorite that crash-landed on Earth, right? Right. I think it would have been a more interesting idea for it to just be the lights and to be parasitic. Hmm. In order for it to live on, it should have had to infect a new host body near the end of its feeding year. And in the book, they even say that the spider is female and she's laying eggs. So oh, it's shit. not out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Its new host body could have been Henry, who could be said to have been mentally infected, or mm-hmm. it easily could have been Stan, who could have been physically infected, which would have explained why it didn't finish killing him in the first movie. Ooh. Like, he wasn't food, he was a host. And this movie would have been so much more interesting instead of having an hour and a half of them fighting like an increasingly more cartoony <laughs> Pennywise mm-hmm. and going around fi- trying to find magic garbage for their quest. Mm-hmm. They were fighting like a grown adult Stan who wanted to be there with them but was slowly losing himself to the alien. Yeah. Holy shit, I'd watch the shit out of that. <laughs> I'm just like now I'm thinking about it and all of the ways it could go. Yeah. And I would like to say that they're like somewhat limited in what they can do or change since this was based on a book. But if they can put in two hours of fucking token (laughs) that wasn't in the book and they can change a character's slated sexuality and they can add Mm -hmm. in a cheesy ass glorify suicide note. Mm -hmm. Why can't they just change that too? It would be too enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying Stan can't still suicide. In fact, that might be the best ending if he realizes he can't control it after killing someone and then just takes himself out. 
Okay, but he, I know why they couldn't do that. You want to know why they couldn't do that? Why? Because Richie's been through fucking enough. <laughs> That's why he can't fucking do that. Or they can't. I mean, leave him alone. This this was bad enough. <laughs> My movie is better. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you like torturing Richie, don't you? I love torturing <laughs> Richie. <laughs> and I like it because I enjoy Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise. I'm not saying anything against the actor. In mm-hmm. fact, I want to point out that unless I specifically say that an actor is shit, I'm not blaming the actors for any problems the characters have. Yeah. But in this movie, I found every other form that Pennywise took the demon versions of Bill, Bev, Stan, and Patrick, the human Pennywise. Mm-hmm. I thought they were all better moments than Pennywise the Dancing Dead Clown. Yeah, I agree. I would have preferred them to save Pennywise for the flashbacks and he was more of the new creatures. I I can agree with that. As much as I love Skarsgård and I love watching him do things with his face um, and his body, well, okay. Um, <laughs> but I do and like I never want to say no to more of him, but I agree with you that in this one, there wasn't a whole lot that Pennywise as the clown was doing for the movie. Except yeah, making I, me laugh, honestly. Yeah, and it's not like I didn't enjoy Pennywise. I just think there was an overexposure, especially since it is an interdimensional space swirling light being. And it's just like, yeah. bro, let, let the clown go be something else. Bro. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. That would have been a lot more interesting and for a two hour and 40 minute or whatever the fuck long movie, I agree that it would have been better to just switch it up a little bit every once in a while. Yeah. Um, Now that the movie is over, I want to do some comparisons though. I want to know how the old characters compare to the new characters. So, first comparing the adult losers Mm -hmm. to the adult losers 1990 to 2019 Mm -hmm. i mine is easy oh yeah pretty much i like it's hard because there's okay there's one exception to this but pretty much throughout all of the characters i prefer for the the current one, the like new the movie version, except uh, no, no, I think all of them. I prefer the movie version. I was gonna say for maybe except for Bev at times, but no, I don't think so. I think I prefer the movie version of Bev too. Oh, and that O'Toole was just awful. So, uh, well. Okay, I maybe it's it's a couple of things. Maybe it's the time um, that the movies versus the like miniseries were, and a lot of things are different in that way. Maybe it's the actors themselves. I don't know any of these actors outside of these movies and the miniseries. Well, like the adult actors, not really. I mean, I know Mike's actor. I don't remember his name, but barely, you know. So I don't have like a connection to them. I don't have a connection to the miniseries, whereas these were my introductions basically to this whole world the it world you know 
Um, so maybe there's that connection and the fact that they were cast so fucking well in the movies to be like the like children of them, you know? So yeah. I'm just going to stick with that. <laughs> I preferred Stan in 1990 because the suicide note ruined it. Mm, um, yeah. I also think that Eddie in 1990 was exceptional. That doesn't mean that James Ranzone didn't do a great job. Just Dennis Christopher might have done slightly a better one. Mm, okay. That's fair. I think Eddie, like I said, continuously is like my favorite character. I love Richie to death, but I think the one that I enjoy seeing the most is Eddie because there's, I think there's growth there. You know what I mean? Richie is kind of just Richie pretty much the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from the emotional shit like that he shows a little bit of his emotions but like he's forced to um eddie grows both as like a child as well as as an like when he's an adult mm-hmm. and it's he's wonderful to watch and i think and maybe it's just a memory too because <laughs> i have a hard time remembering the 90s version after we've watched two other movies since then you know yeah um, between the whole character movie to miniseries, mm-hmm. I think I actually enjoyed Ben in 1990 better. Same. As much as I shit on John Ritter, movie Ben was just kind of there. You could have lifted him out and uh. it wouldn't have changed a whole lot. Young miniseries Ben was my dude. Love that yeah. guy. I loved him. And you know what? I did not like adult Ben in the miniseries, but I no. loved baby Ben so much that I, it like outweighs everything. And as much as I love movie abs of Ben, I still prefer the miniseries Ben overall more. Yeah. I, I think the same thing for Beverly, though, because in the miniseries as a child, Beverly was fucking awesome. She really was. Not I that she wasn't both, great in, in the movies, too, but still. I think both of the young Beverly's were let down by their older counterparts, both in acting and in writing. Yeah, I can agree. Um, I was especially impressed by Mike in the 2019 film. The depth that they gave him completely changed the character from just being like old man innkeeper to mm-hmm. being a real part of the story and he seemed like he actually had a function yeah i agree i was so glad that they did that for him because in the like through in any of them as a child or in the miniseries as an adult like he was kind of a nobody yeah and now he was kind of the main like he was the leader bill was no longer the leader i think maybe bill still thought he was the leader but Mike was leading them. Mike was bringing them back together. Mike, like, continuously, not just the first time. And he was the one trying to actually end this shit, you know? Yeah. And it was great. Hmm. I'd say Bill in the 2019, mm-hmm. only because adult Bill in the old miniseries was not it. No. Young Bill would have carried it for me if he had been, if adult Bill had been even slightly competent. And he really wasn't. I really, really love young Bill in the movies. 
and felt so much heartache for older Bill in the movies that I can't even think about the miniseries Bill. Like, that, there's no comparison for me. And I didn't even like him all of the time, especially as an adult in the movies. But I didn't like him in the movies as an adult either. I mean, in the miniseries either. So there was nothing in the miniseries that really would have made me lean towards that. And then in the movies, there was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Richie and Eddie are both better in 2019. And it's not an insult to the 1990 movie because they were both, especially Richie, was mm -hmm. amazing in the 2019 yeah. movie. And I think Richie is my favorite character in this as well. He had all the mm -hmm. books. He really did. <laughs> yeah, I... I think both as children and adults in the in the movies, they were both great. I feel like in the miniseries, Eddie was good. Richie was great as a child, both of them as children, I mean. Um, but as adults, they were both amazing. Whereas in the movies, they were great at, in both like child world and adult world. They were. Um, I've actually preferred Stan in the miniseries. I think he got more character traits. He had more to do. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed his friendships with people that I don't believe he bonded with in the movie. Hmm. I think I have like one reason only to say I preferred Stan in the movies. Okay, because we don't see him as an adult really in either. So I can't really judge too much on that. However, as baby ch child Stan, the eye rolls and the snark won it over for me. I don't think we got to see that in the miniseries and I enjoyed it of him in this but I do agree with you he had more relationships and also character in the miniseries than he did in these he did um Henry also did so it's almost unfair to even compare mm -hmm. he wasn't really developed in the miniseries and in this he is a very compelling character in his own right he is I would watch a whole movie about him and like his life even if it was just leading up to all of this shit but then I always want to see the movie of that like that villain like kind of like the lower level villain because he's not Pennywise although arguments can be made he probably killed more people um yeah. not not even just like accidentally or whatever <laughs> like actually killed more people um probably. yeah but yeah I want to see more of him it is a harder one for me mm. because Bill Skarsgård made a better and scarier clown than Tim Curry. I love yes. Tim Curry, but Bill Skarsgård was a better Pennywise. Yes. But Pennywise was not the only creature. Mm. And I think Pennywise was over relied upon mm. in the newer movie. However, I think the side creatures were better in the newer movie uh, I'm thinking specifically of the shitty wolfman. <laughs> but oh, that was bad. Uh huh. I think the miniseries had the best ones. Uh, Mrs. Kirsch was significantly better in the miniseries. Mm -hmm. This one's a harder one for me because, in like off the bat, I just want to say the movies because Pennywise, Skarsgård, that whole thing. But I also do think, in general, I enjoyed it it better in the movies because not only were there 
legit legitimate moments throughout that were actually scary i think like the way it looked were scary was scary the transformations from one thing to the other in at the end i think they did it in both of them actually in the 2019 as well as 2017 as they're fighting it it like changes back and forth from things that terrify them so it was not terrifying to me but like scary for them you know i thought the transformations were good and i don't think that's a fair thing maybe because 1990s versus 2017 that's a long time for being able to do things better with technology (laughs) but it was better um but also the times that it was funny the things that it was taking the form of was hilarious (laughs) versus in the miniseries it was good and maybe some of it was scarier i don't know but i i preferred the movies more well are you ready for a final rating yes i am (laughs) <laughs> I gave it a 68. Ooh, okay, that's why you were saying what you were saying at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Where I was like, these seem really low. <laughs> I did not hate this movie. I mm. think there's a lot to love about it. The cast mostly did a fine job. The actors had great chemistry, mostly. And mm. some of the writing was really enjoyable. But mm. it's fucking three hours long and the characters <laughs> spent so much time apart not having great chemistry together and they made Pennywise so cheesy <laughs> yeah. like this movie is less subtle than Tim Curry's <laughs> that's the problem oh, that's huge yeah <laughs> I miss Judith and I shouldn't have had to miss Judith mm. I had a hard time rating this movie because I'm I'm sure I've said this a lot. I thought I was going to be terrified of the the 2017 movie before I watched it cuz I just I'm scared of movies very easily. And I wasn't at all. Um and then I went into this knowing that I wasn't going to be scared but having no idea that I was going to be crying harder than when I watched literally any sad movie I have ever seen in my life. And there's been a lot of those, believe it or not. I, I, twice I've seen this movie now and both times I have cried so hard. My eyes were puffy. I had to like go wash my face off, you know, <laughs> well, not wash my face off, but like wash my face and calm myself down before talking to anybody. Um, and for that, I don't know if my rating went up or down but I gave it an 85% I think I'm oddly attached to these movies like they mean something to me and usually that's because of your childhood you know means nothing to my childhood and yet I'm yeah (laughs) I'm very protective of these movies I love them and I don't know why even though you're right it was three hours long it didn't need to be there was a lot of stupid shit that they could have easily cut um but there were a lot of good lines. The acting was good. I cared about the characters. I cared about all of them, the main characters, including the fucking Henry Bowers, you know? Um, I cared about the kids. Okay, I cared about Dean. The little girl I cared about, but, like, she wasn't in it long enough. Anyway, um, <laughs> and while there were problems throughout it, like, they weren't enough to make me hate the movie. I could still watch this movie all three hours of it multiple more times. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Well, I am happy you enjoyed it. Thank you. And it only slightly knocked it above the miniseries um, rating I gave. <laughs> yeah. And my ranking in direct order is miniseries 2017-2019. From high to low, right? Yes. Uh Minus 2017-2019 miniseries. Of course. Well, the miniseries was just ridiculous. <laughs> it was, and that's maybe what I loved about it, you turkey. <laughs> well, you know, this was 85 and that one was 80, so it's not saying a lot. True enough. <laughs> oh, well, I am really happy that we got to watch these movies together. As am I. Yay. And thank you, anyone who's listening, for sticking with us for the entire series. Come back Wednesday for a regularly scheduled episode. And if you want to know next time we do cover a bonus series, we'd love for you to subscribe. And check us out on social media. We're on Instagram at Millennials at the Movies. We're on Twitter, Millennials ATM. And my personal Twitter is Ami, that's A-M-I underscore movies. And my personal Instagram is cantaloupe underscore eyes like the fruit. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.